you go, sir. Thanks. Barnacle head. Pardon me? You forgot your mayonnaise. Thanks. Look at them eating that garbage. It's disgusting. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. This is level 153. This is the podcast that confuses land monsters and sea monsters, and that may have to do with a certain movie that I may have just finished watching. Did you all miss me? Don't answer all that at once. I am, of course, Big L, a.k.a. L, and I missed the last two episodes. But thank you to all of our listeners that sent me cards, letters, faxes, and telegrams. I know you all missed me very much. Uh, we have here on the panel Nate, a.k.a. Kushmus. Yes. All right. He's excited. We have, <laughs> <laughs> we have Michelle, a.k.a. Michark. Also, yes. Okay. She's also excited. And last but certainly... Not least, we have everyone's favorite villain, Enigma Montoya, otherwise known as Matt. What up? L, did you uh, get the carrier pigeon that I sent during your absence? I did, and normally you would put uh, salt on a pigeon's wings, but there was some uh, some white sticky stuff uh, on this. <laughs> I mean, wait. Um, um, get your head out of the gutter. It was actually mayonnaise. <laughs> Yes, it was. <laughs> Matt sent me a care package to my uh, new house. Uh, that's uh, that's why I was not around. I, I moved into a nice new house. I'm like, what did he send me? Is it going to be some video games? And um, it was something better than video games. It was food. So <laughs> he sent me some Duke's mayonnaise. Uh, what's the significance of that, Matt? Well, uh, a while back we had a discussion about mayonnaise in the Discord. Uh, I forget what we certainly it. did. <laughs> Was it about how mayonnaise is the worst condiment? Because I missed this conversation. All right, you're 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 taking Kenny's place, being a troll now. Hey, 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 hey! Don't bring my name into this. I love mayonnaise, and Hellman's is the best. Keep going. No, I'm not being a troll. I, uh, uh. But go on, go on. This is a very nice gift and very thoughtful. It's it's. But Duke's yeah, mayonnaise is a regional thing. It would have been better if it had a lid on it, but to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, it was, you know, half consumed. Uh, You know, I will at least say that. But uh, yeah, it is, Duke's is a a regional mayonnaise. It can only be found in the southeast of the United States. And there are people here that literally treat Duke's mayonnaise like, I mean, almost like it's holy, for, for lack of a better term. They will die. It defended it, and I know this because I almost lost my hand in a grocery store with my wife picking up a non-Duke's mayonnaise container. Oh, lesson learned real quick there. (laughs) So, yeah, she, I have never seen her move that quick, and I've never been that fearful. Now, I have to say, I'd never had Duke's mayonnaise before. Number one, I've never been one to pick mayonnaise as a hill to die on. 
but um, I have to say, Duke's is not bad. It's it's good. It's it's probably better than Hellman's. I, I guess I prefer it over Hellman's. Oh, silencio, Bruno. But I'm not. Thank you. That's what I was trying to remember at the very beginning. It's like, well, what was the Bruno <laughs> quote from from Luca? I can't remember. Was it "Shut up, Bruno"? Or was it? <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I mean, um, but, I think. Uh, that it's not bad, it's good as a fine advertising campaign for Duke's mayonnaise, and you should probably submit that to their people. <laughs> oh, I, I will say it, it is better than Hellman's. Uh, All right, well, a little bit better. I look but, forward, yeah, I look forward to trying it. But I do have an open Hellman's in the fridge, and I think there's a law about having two open mayonnaises at once. So. Yeah, that would be weird. So don't do that. <laughs> it's a good thing we have no laws about having two unfinished it's games at once, because we'd all be in a lot of trouble. Um. Is that your way of saying we need to talk about? She's hijacking games? our food podcast. I'm <laughs> I know food weighing. <laughs> just for that, Michelle, you get to go first. I shouldn't go. For, I have one game to talk about. So, I mean, if you want me to go first, I mean, that'll be the only thing I'll get to talk about, and then I'll go take a nap until. Go talk about it. We'll talk I'll, about it. I'll get it. you back in. You'll get me back in. All right, fair enough. So I'll go first then. Um, so honestly, uh, since the last time I came on the podcast, I really, I don't want to say I've been in a gaming funk because I'm still playing a lot, right? And I, I think we all know this, right? We have these times where we're really high on our games and we're getting through a lot. And then we have these times where we just open up and now Game Pass is the new cable for a lot of us or Netflix where now I have thousands of things to play and they all look unappealing. So I'm going to play the same one comfort game I go to or whatever. And that's kind of been the thing lately. So again, not a gaming funk insofar as not playing, but not really sinking my teeth into anything new. About, I don't know, noon today, I was having a bit of a crisis about, can I really go on the podcast and talk about the fact that I've mostly just played Gems of War for the last, I don't know, 18 months? Uh, and it was suggested, you know, just go in, and pick something and play something and, and bring it. So I did that today. I was looking at Game Pass and seeing some of the quests we have available. And there was a quest for a game I was actually really excited about when it when news came out that it was going to hit Game Pass. And that game is Octopath Traveler. Any of you guys have Ooh. any experience with this game? I have had experience downloading it. <laughs> Me as well. <laughs> that was that was my experience going into about noon today. Matt, any have you tried I, it at I, all? You dabbled? I have not dabbled in Octopath Traveler. In fact, I know very little about the game. So I was in the same boat. Uh, Octopath Traveler is a game published by Square Enix. It has some interesting DNA. It's developed, I believe, by members of the team who made Bravely Default. And in case you're not familiar with Bravely Default, because it was never on non-Nintendo platforms, I believe Bravely Default actually started its life uh, as being a sequel to Final Fantasy, The Four Heroes of Legend, or something to that effect. So it originally was intended to be a Final Fantasy game. And then that didn't work out, and it became its own sort of thing. So sort of the reverse Star Fox Adventures, where it was a different game and then became Star Fox Adventures. And so it was popular, it did well, but these games have always been locked on Nintendo platforms, and such was the case for Octopath Traveler, until it finally wandered onto Game Pass as a day one release back in March of this year. And it very much feels like an old school JRPG. So here was my immediate takeaway. And, and oh, going back one more step. The hook of Octopath Traveler is there are eight main characters, and if any of you are familiar with oh, Octo. Octo, yeah, see? But if any of you are familiar with Saga Frontier, <laughs> it's similar to that in that you pick one of the eight characters to play and they have distinct stories you play. 
And I believe there are some points where they connect with each other and there may be an overarching sense. But Octopath Traveler is more like eight smaller RPGs contained within one bigger one, if I understand this correctly, because I didn't look into the game too much with it having been a non-Xbox title for so long. So I picked the character, of course, that's a scholar and a librarian, and his whole thing is, well, he's not a librarian, but his whole quest involves going to the library and finding this missing book and what happened with this missing book. And my very initial takeaways were, I'm not sure I have the patience to play a JRPG anymore. Because the whole first 10 minutes is clicking through dialogue. The game is mostly voice acted. So big cutscenes are voice acted. But when you're walking around the town, most characters will just say like, hello, and then you'll read their text. And just hearing people read dialogue just seemed to be taking forever. And I just, I'm like, okay, I need to stick with this because I need to talk about this game today. And once I was done with all that introductory stuff, and it started kind of just letting me play the game, it was like putting on an old pair of slippers, you know, something really comfortable. And I was really enjoying it. Like I set out to play for an hour and I got to about two. And then I was like, oh, I've got things to do before I record tonight. And some of the problem I'm engaging with now is it's a 100 hour game, according to TA. I don't think that's 100% true of Octopath Traveler. I think the game is really closer to 50 or 60, but there's an achievement for 100 hours. So uh, <laughs> you know, I've got to put in that extra time. But I'm looking forward to it, especially because you can break it down into these chunks and play the one character storyline and maybe give it a break and come back. If I haven't looked the achievement list too hard, I do know there are a couple of hour achievements in there. There there are some missable achievements in there. There's one of those annoying collect all treasure missable achievements, which JRPGs seem to love, which is super unfortunate because achievement hunters, especially completionists, tend to shy away from achievement lists like that, which is, it's again, really unfortunate because it seems to to just be a really solid JRPG. Like the music is good and the feel of it is really good. The battle mechanics are, are interesting. You, you can build up these breaks and that'll allow you to do double damage and stuff. So like there's really cool stuff to dig into and the list may turn people away. But just as a teaser, like I'm loving it. I cannot wait to jump back in and, and dig more into this character's story. So great Game Pass ad and super happy that being on the podcast today got me to jump in and give that a shot. How's the music? It's beautiful. The, I, I um so you know, we everyone's familiar with the video game awards, right, that happens every year. And every year they they give out an award for best soundtrack. And I <laughs> I typically have not played many of the games nominated that year, but frequently something like an Assassin's Creed game will get nominated. And when they play the soundtrack on the stage, it sounds gorgeous. But I can't tell you that I've ever heard that song in the context of the game. I I think with so many games, there's just so much other noise and so many things happening that music gets lost. But JRPGs, the the music, at least when we were growing up, because we're all the crew of olds here, right? So we're all Super Nintendo and earlier. The music was so important to telling the story of the game that it really had to put you in the place where you were at that moment. So if the town was a town that was bustling, the music was telling you that. It wasn't all these people standing around and milling and having conversations. It was the, the song that played. And Octopath definitely you know, invokes those sorts of feelings as you're playing it, at least in my quick play of it. 
No, you, you awesome. bring up a really good point about the music because it's something I've been thinking about over the past couple of weeks in a, a couple of the games I've been playing myself where the music, you know, when you used to read reviews back in the day, they, they would say something about the music, but it's something you don't really necessarily see these days in reviews. Like, it's, it's almost like a, an afterthought, generally, when you yep. when you see that. And you hit it spot on about the old school games. It, the music was purposely dictated to tell you exactly what you were experiencing. Uh, right. And I think what I'm going to wind up do as I, uh, doing as I continue playing this game, because I'm actually typically not a fan of voiceovers in my, especially my 2D style JRPGs, mostly because listening to text goes a lot slower than reading it. And I want to be able to read it and kind of move through. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is actually just mute the voice volume in the game entirely and just play it with all the voice volume set to zero. Octopath Traveler does suffer a little bit from what I've played in, in term, like in the sound of English dubbing, because uh, it is a Japanese game. And if you're familiar with any Japanese to English content, there's sort of a sense that English voice actors try to sound like Japanese voiceover actors and the cadence in English and Japanese is very different and it sounds very forced and kind of silly sometimes. Not that the voice acting is bad, but it has that clear acting like tone to it instead of feeling kind of natural. You can choose to put to have the game voiced over in Japanese though if you'd prefer, but I think I'd find that distracting. So I think I'm just going to turn off the voice volume altogether and just let the music tell the story. All right. Did you get any more of a sense of the achievements outside of uh, the, the hundred hour thing and uh, Octopath the treasure traveler? It's, it, it has a lot of achievements. It has um, 88 achievements, I believe sticking with oh, the wow. Octo theme. Octo. <laughs> a lot of the achievements are tied up in story. I did look briefly at TA just to see missables and things like that. And I decided I'm going to go start it anyway. But there are, there's a good number of missables. It's somewhere between five and 10. So it is a, a sizable part of the list, but because the list has so many achievements, it's not as bad as it could be. There are a couple of achievements based on our count. Each character in the game has four chapters. There's one achievement for each of the four chapters for those characters. So that's 32 achievements that are tied up in just story gameplay. There's achievements for fighting a certain number of battles. You're going to get that kind of stuff naturally. So quick glance at the list, you'll probably get something like 50 to 60% of them just playing through the game. So if if you can bear missables, even if you can't bear missables, like I have to play more of the game to really fully recommend it because a lot can change by hour 10. But right now, I'm super glad I just went in and tried this game because I'm looking forward to, to getting through more of it. Yeah, it looks like a very healthy number, 27,300 starters, but only 97 completions. So it's kind of sad in a way that you're kinda, if you kind of, if you just want to sit down and play, you're going to miss stuff. Well, if you look at the so. list, too, in terms of what achievements are popped most frequently, it's it, there isn't like one runaway. That It's kind of split between finishing the first chapter of all eight characters. So there isn't one character that people really super seem to gravitate to more than others. There was a demo released way back in the day on the Switch, and they picked two characters that were sort of like the key characters for that demo. And maybe people who played it on the Switch might 
pick them because that's what they knew from the game. It is easy to get on your tag. I will say that. So if you're looking to dabble in the game, I don't remember exactly what the first achievement I got was. Oh, it's, each character has a special skill they, that you can use that you're tutorialed on like 15 minutes in. First time you use it, you're going to pop an achievement. So it's not missable. So if you're worried about possibly getting this on your tag and that's a thing for you, you don't have to play long before you get an achievement. One other thing about Octopath Traveler that I just want to put out there, it, it has a very it has a very interesting graphical style because it's 2D sprites walking on a sort of 3D plane. So there's some kind of depth. And I don't know that I always like it because there's a blurring effect used. And I don't know if that's a holdover from it initially being a Switch title or what it is. I don't know that I always love that look, but it, it's still, it's visually a, appealing, but I, I don't know if that's a little distracting to me. But otherwise, like, that's the biggest negative I have going in after this hour. All right, that was Octopath Traveler. Nate, what have you been up to? Well, I am so glad that uh, Matrock mentioned something that I was going to bring up uh, with one of my games. I played two games I wanted to talk about, and I'll talk about the brief one first. Uh, Fell. Now, Fell is uh, a Game Pass game, and uh, it wasn't added to Game Pass too long ago, I think. I think we're talking just a few months. Um, and it is marked as a role-playing turn-based. I started playing this game, and it is basically um, like a Paper Mario-type game. Uh, it's an RPG, and as I was playing the RPG... Uh, elements of it i was just like oh my gosh i used to play games like this all the time <laughs> and now i just yep. feel like they're a waste of time <laughs> like, <laughs> i used to love them i used to love final fantasy 7 and dragon warrior and, and all these fun games like that i used to just spend so much time with them but these days i just feel like it's a waste of time just sitting there scrolling through inane dialogue and just ugh. Ugh, like I would much rather be playing a platformer or some action-y uh, getting get out type game. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, hey, maybe we should talk about that. And of course, <laughs> well, we of course, should. you bring that up. You bring up that little comment. And I'm like, where I am right now in my life and in my gaming time, uh, these games just feel like maybe not the best return on my time. Like I still enjoy them, but the amount of enjoyment I get out of them is not as high. But I think that all maybe you guys have thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I do. And I'm cutting you off to say it. My apologies. But I think that all speaks sort of to kind of the continual reckonings we have with our own gameplay and, and how we like our games and enjoy our games. And I think that's what I've been going through, that most of my gameplay has been playing something like like Gems of War that I've put lots and lots of time into. And I'm, I'm still picking away at that game or something like Rocket league which i've completed already and i i think the sort of like jump in for an hour and play something quick or get a quick completion i don't mind doing it but that's not bringing me the most joy i can get out of my gaming time and i think that was the experience i had when i was playing octopath is i was like wow it feels so good to start getting my teeth into something i'm going to stick with for a while like this actually feels enjoyable i'm not just playing it to play it or to streak extend or whatever and i think you're I won't speak for you, 
uh, Nate, but it seems like for your gaming, that's what you're enjoying about is this vast variety of things we have and the ability to go in and dabble here and dabble there. And, and sometimes you find something like an Ori that really gets your interest, but you're still in that for eight hours and then you're out. There's no sense of being overwhelmed. And, and it just, I think it just speaks to where we are at in what we're looking to get from our games in terms of the enjoyment we spend with them and the time that we have with them. Yeah. For me, it's not so much, um, like the just go dabble. Of course, I love to dabble. <laughs> I love to check. I love to check out everything that there is uh, that I'm somewhat interested in or could be interested in. It's it's really about the gameplay. I think like mm-hmm. my gameplay tastes have changed. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and this one's just yeah. It's just slower paced and uh, it's like no. I have to keep clicking to get through the dialogue and uh. No. But now Nate. I, yeah. I hate to interrupt you here, but have you tried Geometry Wars? Uh, oh, yes, geez. I have tried Geometry Wars. <laughs> of course. Because that is the perfect get in for a little bit, get out, edge of your seat type gameplay. Because you die you in have a yeah. Wipe the blood off your eyes, go back in, <laughs> do it some more. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do like that game. I do like Geometry Wars. I, I need to, well, I, I don't need to, but at some point I would like to go back and, and work on getting that completion. Um, but, you know, I will say with Octopath, I didn't turn the corner on really beginning to enjoy it until I actually started getting random encounters does it does i have random encounters or is it like where you see the enemies on the map and you kind of avoid them like it's strictly like the old school final fantasies are yeah yeah so it's like the old school you have this overworld map that you're on and you're just walking around you see enemies on the field you can run around them if you don't want to combat them they will chase you a little bit and if they uh touch you then you go into a combat and the way combat works you start off with just your main character and you will slowly be adding people to the party. I currently have myself and one other person in the party. Um, but for, for the good half hour to maybe an hour, uh, somewhere in that middle between half an hour and an hour is when you get your second character. But that for that first bit, you're playing just by yourself. The combat board is three rows long and about 15 columns. So, each one of these places you can move to. So the combat is position-based. Oh. Uh, your attacks take place in, in uh, different geometric patterns on that board. So sometimes it, it makes more sense to be on the top row. Sometimes it makes more sense to be on the bottom. Because um, you can position yourself so you can hit multiple characters at a time, multiple enemies at a time. Uh, sometimes some of your spells, like um, your second character gets a healing spell. And it works in kind of a uh, kind of a brackets fashion, like a less than bracket and a right than uh, or a greater than bracket on either side of you. And um, so you can't hit like a whole row of people in front of you, but if they're aligned correctly, you could hit three people um, if they were you know offset by a little bit on the board. So I, that's not the greatest description, but um, each attack has a different shape. And you want to be familiar with those shapes and be the right distance away from your enemies to kind of make the most use out of them. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the uh, the bosses that you fight, but all the achievements are tied to beating boss encounters. And they're just, they're like regular combat. It's just the, the enemies have a little bit more health. And typically those bosses are also able to summon in other enemies that you have to fight. So... Uh, you can't just try to take them down. It's, it's not like in Final Fantasy VII where you're just like attacking, attacking, healing, healing, using a potion, attacking, attacking, blocking, you know, that sort of thing. Now you are dealing with these these weak, these low HP minions that you have to make sure you clear out. Don't let them hurt you too much. 
while still trying to focus on the boss. Um, and I, w- I likened it to Paper Mario in that you have different actions that you can do while you're doing your menu-based combat. So yeah, you can select who you're going to attack, where you're going to attack, with what attack. And then when you go to do it, each attack animation is different. Um, like you start off with one spell that has like a, a circle that kind of shrinks. And once it gets to a dot in the middle, you have to press the A button to get max damage. Uh, another one, you're shooting something from the sky and you just have to wait for it to come down. And right when it's about to hit them, you press the A button and you get max damage. Same thing for defense. Uh, enemies attack different ways. Sometimes it's a straight shot at you. Other times it's kind of like a, a sine wave coming towards you. And you just have to time your button presses to reduce incoming damage. So it's pretty cool. Uh, it's just, to me, <laughs> this time, it just seems like it is maybe a little bit slower paced than I want it to be. But uh, I'm going to keep playing it for a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to get all the way through it in my first shot. I might play it and come back to it. Um, but it's not its not too bad. And it's kind of cute. Uh, well, I should say it's very cute. The way you save is you go pet a cat. That's kind of cool. So you pet a cat and the cat calms you and you get your Aww, HP back. That is very <laughs> adorable. Says, Do you want to save? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a cute little game. But um, yeah, if you're kind of into the... I just thought it was really funny that I was thinking this as I was playing it. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just beyond these games. Like, they just don't give me the same amount of fun back uh, as, as my action-y games. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of funny that you mentioned that. I th- and that was Eichenfell. I've felt that way for a long time about JRPGs, where it's definitely been like, you know what? That was a – it's just a bygone era and in, in my gaming. But for the last – 15 years almost now it's been that bygone era and, and some you know tastes can still continue to change and go back but i completely understand where you, i probably would have said the same thing you're saying right now if i was talking about this game a year ago because it's just in a different spot so I, I totally get it it makes all sorts of sense i'm talking about the music uh it was so low in the background i couldn't really tell oh no <laughs> the music was good or not yeah so it seemed like the mix wasn't too too great with this but maybe i'll pay more attention to that uh, when i go back very cool yeah, so when you say it was like a waste of your time, it's not so much that you dislike the game so much as you could be playing several other games in the same time span. It's Yeah, it's not a waste of my time, and it's not that I could be playing other so many other games in that amount of time. Right. It's just that the amount of fun I get back for the time I invest is not as great as the amount of fun I get back from, you know, Assassin's Creed right now, like completing that game, or... My twitchy games like Rising Hell or something like that. I'd like to put some more time into grinding against that. And yeah, I'm getting about as far in that game as I am in Eichenfell in that amount of time. But for some reason, the Twitch gives me more um, enjoyment. So I if, understand. If you were talking to I, somebody who's really into JRPGs, like that is what they play, how do you feel Eichenfell would rate to them? Is this something you would easily recommend to them? Or do you feel like these battle mechanics are maybe a little bit too, you know, too complicated like do you think the typical jrpg gamer where that's their thing would find enjoyment in i can fell i would say that they would say oh that's cute baby's <laughs> first rpg okay <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd want to go dig into octopath traveler <laughs> no i guess All right. if could i ask one question about i can fell Sure, this was the brief one of the two, right? Yes, <laughs> this is the brief one. So, if you, took this out, if you took this out of Game Pass, does it warrant a 1999 price tag? 
For some people, uh, not for me. I would, okay. I would feel like that was maybe not the best use of my money at, at 20 bucks. Okay. All right. Thank you for that nice talk about Eichenfell. Matt, you promised me you would not talk about any racing games. Let's see if you hold true to that. What do you got to talk about? I lied to you, Will. <laughs> Damn uh, it. <laughs> yes. I, that, that, that was most definitely a lie. Um I've dabbled, and the reason I'm going to talk about this game, and, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more personal, I think, than than other racing games, because anybody who, and L, I've known you for quite some time, and Michelle, I, I've also known mm-hmm. you for quite a while, I'm a fairly staunch completionist, okay? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm the one that shies from unobtainables, uh, I, I don't like them. Don't like to see them on my tag. Uh, tend to avoid them like the plague. But when it comes to racing games, that philosophy kind of goes out the window. And I will give a racing game a shot, even if it has an unobtainable. So let's well, got those usher in... boards to chase, right? Exactly. So let's usher in Moto Racer 4. Uh, this is a very interesting game. <laughs> It has four unobtainable achievements. It's had four unobtainable achievements since it launched in 2017. And I started it uh, back late last year and shelved it because there is a a nasty 10-player achievement in it. You need to play with 10 people online. It's a dead game. So when those opportunities come along, you tend to strike while the iron's hot so to say, mm-hmm. and was able to get in, get that 10-player achievement, and now I'm picking it back up again. So it, it it's it tries to do some interesting things. It, it As you're racing around, you, you have to basically, it's do execute wheelies and landings and such, and when you do it, it gives you like this small window. It's a timed window where you have to uh, you, you have to press the A button, okay? It's not a QTE. I guess it, in essence it is a QTE. But you have to hit A right as your meter gets to a certain point so you can maximize your turbo. And by doing that, it will make you faster throughout the race. I'm not particularly fond of the mechanic, but it's the way they designed the game. And it, it, it can become very complicated very quickly, as you're trying to zip around a track with some very aggressive uh, AI, <laughs> and it, it 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 becomes a handful. So the good news is, is I started playing the game and and got a whole lot of confidence into it, and said, "Wow, this isn't as bad as the ratio suggests that this game is." The game is sitting at a 7,000 TA right now, and flying through it in about a night and a half, I am up to 40 of the 46 achievements I can get in this game. Okay, rolling. So for GTA SCers out there uh, that can stomach a racing game, not a bad one to put on your radar, not going to lie to you. Um... And then all of a sudden I hit a wall. And there's this one Literally. time trial in the in, in the game that is absolutely insane. 
So the the time I have to hit is three minutes and fifty four seconds. The fastest time I've recorded in this race is four minutes and three seconds. Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> not even. I take it there are no good YouTube videos you can look at for shortcuts, huh? Oh no! <laughs> there, there's so <laughs> little information on this game, and even the the one video I did find, I don't notice anything noticeably different that this this person is doing in, in their race that I'm not doing. And I'm trying to figure out how to shave nine seconds off of it. So I hit this major wall with this game where it just, the difficulty just went through the roof. <laughs> um, all in all, Motor Racer 4, it, it's not a great game. I wouldn't recommend it if you're trying to get into any type of motorcycle racing game. It is one I did want to talk about. They have another game that they produce called ATV Drifts and Tricks. It's much better done, in my personal opinion. It's similar in concept, but the difficulty is not there, if you want to experience it. But, again, it, it not a bad game for G-Task purposes. <laughs> Aside from that, I would avoid it. You know, I, I wouldn't really recommend it to anybody that... You know, kind of like what uh, Kush, you know, just said, this is, you know, not Baby's first RPG. RPG. This is not Baby's first motorcycle game. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Okay? <laughs> I mean, it seems to be, it says a lot when you have a game in this case that is four and a half years old now, right? Motor Racer came out early 2017. Yes. And you are number seven on the overall leaderboard on TA for the game. Like overall, with whatever, with obviously there are unobtainables, but you haven't finished everything that's obtainable, and you're in that top ten panel on TA. Yeah, and, and all of that was accomplished in a night and a half. It, it and the only thing that stonewalled me is that one time trial to pave the way for the rest of the achievements. Right. It, it looks uh, very. So and no. you're right, though. It, it it does say a lot that. Four and a half years. Here I am, four and a half years later, mm -hmm. and I'm seventh on the board. Looking at the achievement list, I, I see that it it notes there are certain chapters, there are stars, there are challenges. So, is there like a campaign mode you have to go through, and then you earn stars throughout this campaign, or are these distinct things? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. It has this really strange mechanic in it, and anybody that's played a racing game. You know, it's it's got the standard can, okay, if you come in first place and beat the requirements, you get three stars. So, it is broken down into chapters. You have chapters 1 through 11. But they, mm -hmm. they, and I don't know exactly what the developer was trying to do with this, because on the surface it could have made sense, but I feel like they disconnected somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, when you go into your race, you, you have three objectives, and it's essentially, it's always time, okay, uh, for the most part. So, what you did, what you do before you start the race is you bid on how fast you're going to finish that race. So, your bid is, if you're going to go for first place, you bid, you're going for the three stars. Mm -hmm. If you fail to meet that goal, you actually lose three stars. Oh. Wait, you lose stars that you already gained from previous... Well, that would have made sense. Oh. <laughs> that would have made sense. 
no, it's just for that race. So if you fail it, you the game shows you that you lost three stars, but if you run the race again and then succeed, you actually gain the three stars. You don't have to do it twice to get back to even and then do it again to actually go plus three stars. It'll just you'll go plus three stars if you're successful on your next attempt. So it's it's almost like a, a redundant mechanic in the game. Okay. And it made no it, it didn't make a whole lot of I could see where it would have made sense if they implemented, okay, if I failed on my first one and I went negative three stars, I would essentially have to do that race twice to get back to positive three stars. Now oh, that would make sense. Goodness. Or mm-hmm. I would lose three stars from a previous race. And I would have to go you know, I would have to keep racing to earn more stars. But they didn't design it like that. It's almost like it, it has no negative effect, even though you're bidden at the start of the race. Um, so really, you just go into it and say, okay, I'm going for three stars every time. You didn't even have to think about it because there was no repercussion if you failed. Okay. So another question. You're, you're I think, self-confessed to be good at these types of games. You might be stubborn as well, but you actually... Are, are skilled at racing games. According to TA, you've put three hours and nine minutes into Motor Racer 4 and have earned almost 5,000 TA score on it. So about 4,100 TAD. Is that hour count, you think, actually an accurate reflection? And is that because, do you feel like that's because you kind of have a, a knack for these games or use them? Or do you think it's reasonable to think for most people that within four hours, that's an attainable goal if they wanted to start Motor Racer 4? No, that, that counter is not right. Okay. Uh, it, it didn't look like updated. it would be, but... <laughs> yeah. It's more realistically, I should probably be around the maybe 10 hour mark realistically mm-hmm. right now okay uh i don't know why th- and i had another game because somebody <laughs> and i forget which game it was somebody called me out because my timer stopped working and it said i completed a game in an hour <laughs> um it may have been after charge i think that the timer stopped working on it and yeah somebody called me out and said oh it completed in an hour there's no way <laughs> well the, the timer stopped working on that game and i don't know why the timers aren't working correctly for most uh, it's been a couple of games here over the past couple of weeks okay but again moto racer 4 i i would you know steer clear of it uh even if you're looking for the i doubt many on the panel but there are people i do know there are a couple of guys in the discord that do listen to the podcast that do enjoy the racing games i i would stay away from moto racer 4 altogether not worth the, the time, effort, and energy, because that wall is pretty massive when you hit it. I was going to ask facetiously uh, where the other three Moto Racer games were, but I just did a quick Google search, and Moto Racer 3 came out in 2002. Yeah. Who was asking for this? You? Wow. What? <laughs> I can tell you it was not me. <laughs> yeah, it came out on PC CD-ROM. <laughs> <laughs> I this do is know just it was a weird... old, I didn't know the full history. I do know it was an older franchise. Um, yeah, it's so random. Yeah, it, completely random game. Now, honestly, the developer, the publisher uh, for this particular game, are have a little bit of a nasty history with unobtainable achievements. 
Uh, so again, you know, it's yeah. So these these four unobtainables are for programming. Yeah, and I did couple say of online's it, couple. Of, I, I think it was a poor port at the end of the day. Yeah. I will say one thing: the one time I was glad unobtainables because the four that are not obtainable, they look like they'd be pretty grindy. And not something that I'd want to do. Oh, anyways. come on. 100 yeah, online wins, that's easy. Yeah, especially with a server as hopping <laughs> as the Moto Ra- Racer 4 servers clearly right. are. <laughs> All right. That was Moto Racer 4, and I suppose it is my turn. So it I've been is, out for a couple of weeks. Uh, what do I want to talk about? Of course, <laughs> a rat. What else? <laughs> this is what happened having time to play. During the move, I played Sumatra, Fate of Gandhi, which is a point-and-click game uh, reminiscent of the 1980s style, even basically as the font of the Monkey Island games. Uh, You play as Gandhi, and you get separated from your friend, and you go out into the jungle to find him. And I think you speak a different language... All kinds of things going on. You're in the jungle. There's tigers. There's elephants. There's all crazy stuff. And you're like, yeah, let me just go find some items to get these creatures out of my way. So it's an old school point and click style. Um, you could right click every thing and it would examine it. Or you could left click stuff to use it just like a normal point and click. I enjoyed right clicking everything because there was some humorous stuff. So it kind of reminded me of Guard Duty, except there was no voice acting. It was all reading, which, like you said earlier, then you could just read at your own pace and kind of spam through and read. Um, I did use a written guide from Steam, but I the way I did it, so basically I saw what to do, so then I did everything else first. So I just clicked all the wrong stuff to see what was around. Uh, the game had a lot of cool programming, so... For example, you find a key and there's a door that it goes into and you just mess around and put the key in a nearby car. It'll say, no, the key will not start this car. So they knew you're going to do stupid stuff like that or they knew I would do stupid stuff like that and it accounts for it. So I like that. Um, Whoever programmed this game, though, there are two save slots, only two. And in order to save your game, you need to delete uh, the saves manually first. So it's a real oh. headache. Just very silly. Uh, other than that, I have no real complaints. I like the story. There were some twists and turns and stuff like that. I wasn't really digging it at first, but I grew to like it. Um, I have to know. You have any questions? Because I'll how just go. Uh, I, football. Look at this or, <clears throat> no, no, I'm not. How oh. <laughs> this compares to Cloak and Dagger games, funny one. other smash uh, hit football game. And do you remember no comparison. Football, football game. game is way better. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Football game is way better. <laughs> Has that cheerleader. That's all you need to know. Another point and click, uh, extravaganza yeah. published by Rattalaika. So this one is in the, so much as in the one to two hour variety. So it's a little bit longer than usual, but you have to go through the whole game. Uh, I learned that the Steam version had two extra achievements that the Xbox version does not have, thankfully, because they are luck-based achievements. Oh, no. Which, in uh, 
which at some point you find this computer and there's a random like uh, uh what do you call it um rock paper scissor type type game on there and it's completely luck based you have to get a high score and then a streak winning a certain amount of times in a row so thankfully they got rid of those achievements <laughs> so i learned that those were in the steam version though now do you find when so that you're, was yeah. when you're playing this just as a quick side note question because and we talk about this all the time whether it's on the podcast or it's in the discord that the problem with all these red like games being zero to two hours is we run through them at a fast pace and then at the end of the day none of them stand out right so if somebody asks you your opinion on sumatra a month and a half from now you you may not remember is that the case with this one does this feel kind of samey like that or like you reference guard duty a lot because that's a red like a game that <clears throat> it is rather like right it it stood out to you because the humor and, and whatever else was in that or is Sumatra going to kind of fall in that category of not memorable quick no, completion a, just blew through it it's a good question but the reason I picked it is because it was pretty decent okay uh, otherwise I would have just told you get the score and move on okay so I enjoyed it it's a seven dollar game I would wait for it to go probably half that uh, there's no real Replay value, obviously, to speak of. So you get in and get out, but in two hours instead of ten minutes. Uh, the other thing I decided to do uh, was to finally complete Carrion. Now, I knew Messenger was leaving Game Pass, but I wasn't going to have time to get that done. But I had noticed a couple months ago that Carrion came out July 23rd, so I wanted to be ahead of that just in case it went away after the one-year time. So I went ahead and completed both the Xbox version and the Windows 10 stack. So I, I went about it in a weird fashion. I had done carrying up to basically the end, but I didn't get all the last containers or finish the game. But it had been a few months since I did that, so I basically went through the Win 10 version um, following Bill's uh, video guide. Because his video guide is only two hours. So I said, if I just follow this to the letter, I can bang this out really quickly. And sure enough, it was really quick. And I had remembered most of what to do. But it just, you know, I, I tend to get lost a lot. So I just uh, followed him around. And, and then the achievements I had left, I got them all at the same time and got the completions for both at the same time. And I don't think I'd ever done anything like that. So it was fun to do that. Very nice. Uh, what's, it's smart to have done it that way. What's interesting to note... Thank you. What's interesting to note is that um, 75,000 people have played the Carrion with 11,000 completions. But the Win 10 version, only 12,000 people have played it with only 2,000 completions. So not that many people have bothered to do the stack. But I think it's well worth doing if you're a fan of the game because it's probably going to go bye-bye next month. I know we've talked about this one to death, but I think you should play this in Ego before it goes away. Since uh, last time you were on, you wanted to, to hit up a Vayner. This is a good one. It's not long. There's no missables. You don't have to worry about anything. I think it's a real solid pick for you to go through. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually going to give that one a give that one a try. Yeah, don't use a guide. Uh, maybe Lindsay can watch you play. I think it's got a little horror theme. You know, you know, maybe if you get scared, she could put her arm around you, stuff like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how it goes. And that is exactly how it goes in, go, ah! in this house. I'd love to hear you <laughs> the girly scream. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay has heard it. Not many have. Lindsay has heard it. <laughs> yes, when she almost chopped your hand off from not taking that Duke's mayonnaise. <laughs> I was almost afraid to say or do anything at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> the other potential benefit of doing of uh, playing Carrion if you're trying to def- to get ahead of a removal from Game Pass. And I know I've said this before, but I'm just going to say this one more time if people are listening and they're curious about Carrion. It is not a good game to put down and come back to. There isn't a map built into the game. It's designed super well in terms of you always kind of get put exactly where you need to be. But especially if you're doing cleanup at the end, picking up the different power-ups that are optional, it is hard to come back to Carrion five weeks later, six weeks later, because you're just not going to remember what all this stuff does and there's no map to indicate where to go. So if you do choose to start it and it's, it's yep. chasing that removal from Game Pass, that's a great way to make sure you stay focused and, and you hit up the game in one go, which is really when you're going to get the most enjoyment out of it, I think. Yeah, and that's why I wound up just guiding it up, getting the both done. Uh, got the containment units at the end, but that's when you do the cleanup. And if you didn't remember where you were, at least um, each level tells you there'll be a check mark if you got the containment unit in that area or not, so you'll know. That's good. Um. All right. Kush. Yes. You definitely played a game in which it will um, will definitely not be brief. <laughs> I'll try to. Ah, we ran through that last time. Go ahead. Be as brief or not brief so. as you want to be. Talk to us. So you had mentioned the way you were playing Carrion to get rid of the stack. I was thinking the same thing with the Messenger. Like, uh-huh. okay, I played a bunch of the Messenger on PC. Uh, maybe I'll go back and uh, just start the Xbox version, play through that, and then come back and do cleanup on the PC. Well, I didn't do that, and I tried to pick back up on the PC, um, and that went okay. I thought, okay, I'm going to the beach. I will take my laptop. I will play the PC version of the Messenger on my laptop, I will get that completion before the end of the month. Well, uh, it helps to do updates before you take your oh, PC no. away to a place that has horrible internet. Oh, um, no. And also, when you try to play something on Game Pass, it helps if your internet is not horrible. Um, so I was trying to play the um, the browser version of Game Pass, and that was just not working at all. For just about everything I tried. And then it occurred to me, well, maybe my PC is just garbage. So I switched to the phone. And I started playing Game Pass on my phone, and it was better. (laughs) I won't say it was great. (laughs) It was playable. Now, I realized this on, like, the last day or two of of my vacation. So I... (sighs) You know, I, I didn't know what to play, really. I had my Kishi with me, which was great. Uh, so I was actually able to um, see the screen instead of touch the screen and have my thumbs be in the way of the action. So I fired up River City Girls. I had been saving this game because I knew I liked old school, you know, River City Ransom. Um, I haven't played any other ones, I don't think. Uh, but River City Ransom back on the NES was really fun. Really enjoyed that type of beat-em-up. River City Girls is by WayForward Technologies, who, if you know the podcast, you know I love WayForward Technologies. 
Uh, just so many of their games are made for me. And this game is one of them. Um, Yay. So once again, this is a beat-em-up. The music is great. The, yes. The anime theme throughout the whole thing is great. Just everything about this game is awesome. Um, the combat is is, is good. Uh, it's not uh, groundbreaking or anything, but uh, it's it develops as you go along. As you get more money, you can go to dojos and you can buy new skills uh, as you level up. And that will basically increase your combo chains and it will give you other ways to attack. Uh, one of the very first things you get is the ability to attack behind you with a donkey kick. So that's great for when you're getting surrounded by enemies and you just need to kind of clear the one behind you and focus on the one in front of you. Um, the, the humor is pretty good. Uh, it's pretty funny. I wouldn't say it's hilarious, but it, uh, it's not one of those where you're just like, oh my gosh, they're trying too hard. Um, and as far as the achievements go, you can pop one really easily just by number one, being bad at the game. So if you're really bad at the game and you get into the very first room and you die, that's an achievement. Um, now you can go back and do that at any point. So if you're, if you're good at the game or okay at the game and you get out of that first room alive, you can go back to that room later and just die in that room. And that's an achievement. That's a three um, ratio achievement to die in that first room. <laughs> well, I think people don't know that. <laughs> exactly. Right? They, don't, they don't know that. And then they don't want to go I back to it. <laughs> they don't want to go back to it. So this is the, the game isn't like, um, let's say like a double dragon, right? Where you, you start, you move from left to right. Sometimes you go up, but mostly it's left to right. And then once you're done that, you can never go back. It this has an game, interconnected map. Yes, it has an interconnected map. <laughs> I don't think there's a double jump yet. Although you can do a wall jump and that acts as a double jump. Um, however, <laughs> I think people just <laughs> didn't want to backtrack. Uh, they probably also didn't go back and get all the stuff that you can get in the first uh, area. But uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, as far as the achievements, they're mostly progression-based. So, you know, get to this next area, beat this boss, those sorts of things. There are a couple co-op achievements, and all of it uh, is local co-op. There is no online co-op to that. I know that upsets some people. Uh, you only need two controllers, because there's only two people that you can play as uh, at a time. And uh, all of the co-op achievements can be cheesed. So I was able to, uh, in one of the achievements, I was able to grab a dodgeball on my second controller, throw it to my first controller and catch it. Uh, it took a couple tries and actually I think I did it before the achievement popped for me. Cause I, I kept doing it and the achievement wouldn't pop. And then I went and I looked and sure enough, I had it. So that one was a little funky. Um, there's some other achievements like that. Uh, and then there's ones for beating the game in co-op. You can just take your second controller and park it in the corner uh, and beat the boss. Uh, I haven't done that yet. I'm still, I think I'm in the second or third area. I think the third area, um, but yeah, it is a great beat em up uh, game. It's colorful. <laughs> I get pegged for saying colorful, but it is colorful and it is fun and it is vibrant. There's a lot going on uh, in all of the screens. There's little secrets to be found, like little secret passageways you can go through. Um, so if you spend more time with this game, you will be rewarded for that. Uh, and there's a stack. So you can do this twice in Game Pass. And uh, yeah, River City Girls, really liking it. I also saw that there's going to be a sequel. So yes, so love these guys. Way Forward Technologies, thank you. Yeah, Way Forward is definitely one of those. Everything they touch is is gold. Developers, in my opinion. Oh yeah, 
Indivisible. Awesome. Oh, Michelle, Michelle, <laughs> we need to get back to this one. Yeah, we started this um, a long time ago, but achievements don't pop in local co-op for both people. Yes, it's only it's host only. Say. So I actually yeah. I don't have the game on my tag, even though I've played it because it uh, we played it together. It only pops host only. Yeah, we played it together in February 2020 mm-hmm. before the world went to poop. And uh, <laughs> now that we're allowed to hang out again, uh, I'm going to have to put you to work here. <laughs> well, I should just... probably also mention, since I was talking about playing it on my phone, mm-hmm. I should probably mention it, it did really well on there. Like, uh, It wasn't like stunning. I wouldn't prefer to play it there, but it was way playable. Oh, yeah. Bad, bad condo internet. I could just uh, see you like, do it. on the beach, standing in the ocean, playing on your phone, being careful not mm-hmm. to drop it in. I could see you doing that. <laughs> yeah, minus the part about going on the beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, except for that part. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wanted to echo what you said about the music. I actually, from time to time, listen to this game's soundtrack on Spotify. It is awesome. And there's even a couple of tracks that are remixes from uh, River City Ransom. So there's a I mean, lot they, to love there. They just, they said, they took the anime angle and they totally 100% mm-hmm. went with it. And uh, they, they committed and it's it's great. All right. Matt, you had a second game? Uh, yeah, I have started uh, back into State of Decay 2. And, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure this is probably been covered in the past uh another host only achievement game jerk. <laughs> yeah i i found that out on saturday oh um, i was in a friend of mine's game and we were we were kind of running around and you know really just just having just all around fun is what we were doing and and found out that yeah some of the achievements will not unlock if you are playing in somebody else's game so most of them will come on microsoft uh some of them oh, will, some will? But, oh yeah some of them will okay. but uh some of them eh, we, we did have a you know it, we found it found out the hard way but we just you know it, my friend had the game completed and he we're just playing for fun so we just loaded up my world and it went in and started it, it's a good it's it's a pretty good game and I'm trying to go into it with an open mind because I was a little sour with the first State of Decay. Not that it was a bad game. I'm not a fan of permadeath mechanics. And I feel like they're, you know, and much like Nate said earlier, we have, you know, as adults, like X amount of time to play video games. And the last thing you want to do is invest a bunch of time and build a character up just to have them killed, and then you, you're you essentially starting all over again. I don't... Not a huge fan of that mechanic, but I'm trying to be a little bit more open-minded with State of Decay 2. But it made me a little sour, because they, they incorporate that into it. And I feel like it's... Okay, it, I, I don't know how anybody wants to take... I feel like the develop It's a disrespect of my time, is what it is, when you build a mechanic like that into a game is that the only because like i know some games like diablo right have that sort of iron man run where your character isn't persistent you lose everything but that's a specific game mode that you can choose to engage in 
that's that's not the case here. This is always the gameplay mechanic. Yes, in the campaign mode, it is. And yeah, that's really rough. And it, it is. It's rough because, like I said, you could get you know you spend a little bit of time building a character up, and and one bad moment you know could just ruin everything for you. And and again, you're starting over, and it's. Like I said, I just I struggle with those types of things. Mm-hmm. But I will say, as a game, State of Decay Two is actually a, a it's a good game. Don't get me wrong. Like it's you know obviously it's a uh, you know a, a Microsoft stalwart at this point. Um, you know, kind of right up there with the Forza series. Like this is one of their anchors, and and I'm trying to uh, give it a little bit more. Uh, love and attention, <laughs> if you will. But I did enjoy my time because the the co op element, and again, I think everybody would be in agreement. If you can play online with somebody, it makes a game infinitely better, no matter how bad the game is. And going through it with 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 a buddy of mine, you know, it's it's making the game a lot more enjoyable. And he's, obviously, he knows a lot about the game, so he's, you know, teaching me the ins and outs and what to do, what not to do, what to watch out for. Because there's quite a few pitfalls in the game. Some of the enemies can be very tough. The difficulties can be very tough. Uh, As the ratio kind of represents, this is not something, you know, for the the fate. Yes, there are modded weapons, but that, you know, that that only gets you so far. You could still make Mm -hmm. mistakes with modded weapons. It doesn't make you invincible. (laughs) Absolutely. Because <clears throat> they have this interesting thing, and he was explaining it to me. When you're driving around in the car, do not get... Basically, when you get to your destination, get out of the car. Mm-hmm. Don't ever just stay in a car, because if you do one of these... Um, and again, my knowledge of some of the enemies, there's a lot in this game. There's many different layers to this game, but I want to say it's like a bloater-type zombie. If they get too close to the car, they let out this gas, this toxic gas, and if you're in the car, you have, by the time that gas hits you and you go through the animation of getting out of the car, you will be dead. (laughs) So it's... um. The, the whole stress of it was, when you get to your destination, get out of your car immediately. Don't oh, wow. waste time okay. to assess anything that's going on, because something bad can and will probably happen. <laughs> you know, now, so... <coughs> I know you said some things about these mechanics in the game, like with the car and the your death is permanent kind of thing. Are there any quality of life improvements from the first state of decay? Because you've played yes. both, right? So is there anything yes. that makes two more playable, more accessible, anything like that? Um, I will say they, they added a ton to the game. <laughs> There's, uh, as far as like your bases go, what you could do to develop your bases and the, the different areas that you might want to, you know, like you have to get food sources, you have to get ammo sources, uh, health sources, because you're built building up a base and you have this group of survivors and you have to take care of them but they improved all of that i mean there's a lot more depth to state of decay too now the quality of life i would say it is it is much improved given how much they packed into the game 
So some of the menu systems, like uh, when you're trying to change your weapon, can be a little difficult still. It was like that in the first one. It's still like that. But everything else has been great. Uh, I would say the improvements have been fantastic in the game. I've been enjoying it more than the first one. That's I mean, that's always good news. Now, the third one is on its way. It's scheduled to come out this year. Are you anticipating that? Are you more in a wait and see? You're going to finish State of Decay 2? Is it Other than the permanent death thing, is there anything from 2 that you'd like to see change before the third one comes out? Uh, that, that animation thing <laughs> with the car and everything. Like mm-hmm. that, it, permadeath aside, you know, that shouldn't exist in a game either. Right. Where you kind of have to be... Because it kind of, you know, takes away from what you're actually trying to do and the enjoyment that you're trying to have when you go up to a place. Um, you know, because you, you get to scout a little bit and, and kind of see what's going on around you. So you want to take everything in, your surroundings, your area, what's everything in a whole 360 degree scope. You want to see everything that's going on around you. But I feel like that particular, those elements... They, they they might need to shore that up a little bit and um, maybe make the cars a little bit more durable, too. <laughs> Those sound good. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. I will say one thing. There's, there's something so satisfying when you get four people into that game and you're all riding around in a car and you have three people swinging their car doors open to slap zombies on the road. <laughs> to get them out of the way. <laughs> there is something very satisfying about that. It sounds like an excellent team building activity. Like really, get your coworkers into the game who never play games and just be like, guys, just open the doors. Just, just, keep, just keep opening your car doors while this person's driving so we can knock all these zombies away. <laughs> you got the one person driving and they're running full tilt down the road and you have three people flailing car doors. It's It provides for, it, it doesn't get old. I don't know what it is. There's something very satisfying about going through that moment. <laughs> all right. State of Decay 2 sounds wonderful. At least it's better than How to Survive. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a bombshell dropped on us today that a total reliable delivery service got one singular DLC achievement added, so a lot of us lost our completions. It looks like you decided to uh, go ahead and pick this DLC up. Matt, what's the scoop with this? Uh, I'll tell you, it's uh, not just a DLC, but they they completely uh, they they almost overhauled the game. They they changed all the the menu systems. Um, uh, for those that have played it before, there there was vehicles, you know, kind of dotted around airplanes, helicopters, stuff like that cars that were dotted around the map now they're you have to go talk to somebody to unlock them they don't just show up when you spawn into your game now the stuff in your garage is still there but the the you know like the pre-placed vehicles on the map those those are all behind this wizard that you have to go talk to in each area to unlock them Wow, that's um, interesting. Because sometimes you'd pull over like that biplane that's in an area yeah. and bring it to another mission to make the mission easier to accomplish. Yes. Uh, in case anyone it, it, who's it, listening is not familiar with Totally Reliable Delivery Service, 
Uh, the whole hook of the game is that you deliver packages using sort of a human fall flat type mechanic, but to equate it to human fall flat is not fair to human fall flat. Uh, it's a lot less uh, refined in how it moves, but having these different modes of transport on the map makes a lot of these deliveries easier. So that sounds like that's going to make the game take longer to get yourself situated because you can't kind of shortcut. You're not wrong. Now, like you said, you still have the stuff in your garage. Like, if you unlock the UFO previously, you can go to your garage, but the the, the static vehicles around the map are non-existent. Until, wow. Until you talk to the wizard, and then on top of it, uh, you have money in your bankroll, which I don't remember pre- previous to the update, uh, a money-type system. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention, but you have to pay the wizard to unlock that stuff. Oh. So, so did you already it, have money, like, from your previous deliveries that you had done? Yeah, I did wow. have a bankroll of uh, 10000 and some change in the game, and I don't know if it was there before, but I don't remember using it. So I don't recall it. Yeah, and so I can't really necessarily speak to that. But again, it, it's very strange, because when you open up the game, everything is just, right from the beginning menu, is completely different. And they introduce these power-ups, and it's funny that you mentioned Human Fall Flat, the, the mechanics of the game, obviously, were never meant to be crisp. <laughs> I feel that's, like they that's got fair. worse. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if they're any better, because they're exceptionally janky. There, there's a good core that, of something that could be fun in Totally Reliable Delivery Service, but the controls are just so janky and inconsistent it it did not get any better i i felt like it got worse oh wow yeah as i was playing it i i i don't know what it is but it just felt like my character was just flying around aimlessly uh as i was trying to do some of the simplest tasks we're not even talking about just like simple stutter movements that is you come to expect from the game well, no speaking- it, it, i mean it was oh, outrageous. <laughs> so, like, speaking of the tasks, what's actually the one achievement that was added to the game? What did you have to do for that? So, they introduced power-ups to the game. Mm-hmm. So, once you talk to this wizard, he, he'll unlock the power-up machines in each area. Well, in order to get the power-ups, you have to go in... They're not deliveries, you just have to... They're like mini-games, if you will. Like, one of them was you have to... You know, you stand on a rooftop. It's the the first one. It's like the tutorial of these, they call them events in game. And you stand on the roof of the building and these bomb strikes are coming in, these missile strikes. And you you have a radius that shows up. You can't be within the radius and you have to survive on the roof of the building for two minutes to get the power up. And once you get it, you will permanently have it. So... You have to get five of those power-ups, so you basically have to go around and do five of these mini-games to get the power-ups. And each power-up does, obviously, something different. Like, I got, in my game, everybody can take a different approach, but I ended up getting a helmet, you know, like a pair of boots, you know, set of wings. Yeah, The boots, uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to let everybody enjoy that. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> And, and enjoy those. <laughs> now, you had mentioned before... So it looks... Go ahead, Al. What's that, Al? 
I was just going to say, the uh, solution says you need to buy the dress code DLC and the stunt set DLC. So what is that, like 8 or $9? Yeah, it was $9. Um, you can buy them individually. They're $4.50 individually. And you would think $9 for two. But they have a package called the Express Package that has a third DLC, which is all cosmetic. Yeah, if you're gonna buy the DLC, you might as well just buy the express package because you're gonna buy the other two anyways. So such a kick in the teeth, a 15G achievement. (laughs) It's awful. Hopefully, they'll add more. I'm thinking that they will probably add more updates surrounding this. That's at least my gut feeling. If they did this, I my instinct is telling me this is not the end of this DLC. You had mentioned before we hit record that you had tried playing this with a friend of yours achievements can only be earned by the person who purchased the DLC correct so there's no way to jump into someone's world and be the beneficiary of what they have that is correct and it may be a a host only situation we didn't have enough time he did own the DLC and have it installed oh wow but as he as he equipped the five items that I had already unlocked, his achievement did not unlock in my game. Oh, boy. Yeah, so it's it's difficult to say definitively right, right now if it has to be a host only. I know Survivalist had, had mentioned that you can do it in somebody else's game. If they have it unlocked, I don't know if, what exactly was happening and what we might have done wrong. So... Somebody else is saying that you can do it. At least that's what I read in the Discord. It, it can be done. But we didn't have that same experience. Well, your friend... Did, did your friend also do the tasks to unlock the power-ups? Or no. he just tried... Okay, so it's possible maybe that you can still do it in someone's game, but you have to do the work yourself. Can't be carried. Yeah. that That is very possible that that may be the case. All right. Well, I think a lot of people are going to be upset about losing their completion and having to shell out 8 or $9. Mm-hmm. But such is the way. And again, I don't think it's going to be a wasted purchase because I think any future updates... Again, this is just purely instinct and I don't have any information to guide me right. saying this. I just That's have right. a feeling that they're going to build updates around this DLC. All right. It's now time for our favorite time of the show sales you'd think that if i was hosting there'd be a better sale way but alas there is not i'm gonna go first i'm very excited to say that Roombo is on sale this game just came out it's a five dollar game you can get it for three dollars and 34 cents buy this game that's the perfect price for that game you will play it for an hour say that wasn't bad and then promptly never speak of it again. It will be fun. All right. We also have Cruise Brothers for a dollar nineteen. Now, normally, this would get a meh, but they have since added a one thousand G title update that's relatively easy. And they just tweeted out today the devs saying another thousand G is on its way. So, no matter what you think of all this inflated gamer score. A dollar nineteen for potential three thousand. You probably can't go wrong. It's probably a must buy at this price at this point. And last but not least, an old friend of ours, 
I am Tesla glad to recommend Tesla Grad, which some won't even realize this is the game that started our Vayner love. And it's not even classified as a Vayner anymore. This is scandalous. <laughs> it's $4.49. You have to buy this game. It is really fun. It is really good. Just buy it anyway. It is good. All right. Nate, are you here? I am here. I can tell you about games you should spend money on. Uh, the first please is Deja do. Vu. It's $5. Hmm? I said, please do. Oh, please please do. do. Please Deja Vu do. Right, um, deja oh. Vu. <laughs> <laughs> it's $5 down from $10. Uh, it is a puzzle game. Um, it seems to be Switch puzzles. Now, there's no walkthrough per se, but you know, uh, Sangria's of the Hidden Levels. He has done a full video walkthrough. Uh, if you don't like puzzle games, but yet you like to buy puzzle games and complete puzzle games, uh, that would be perfect for you. There's another game, Heaven Dust, $5 down from 10 This is survival horror. I have not played this, but I have looked at it, and I like to liken it to um, Animal Crossing meets Resident Evil. Um and I think once you see it, you'll think the same thing, too. What? Uh, I think it's not that bad of a completion, but once again, I haven't played it. I also believe that there's kind of um, puzzle elements to it, you know, finding codes and unlocking doors and things like that. Uh, so, you know, this is one of those games you normally skip over in the sales, but maybe take a peek, see if it really, you know, speaks to you. I have wanted to uh, take a flamethrower to most of the Animal Crossing characters, so. Well, there you go. This, <laughs> I, this might be your chance. I don't know. <laughs> Right. And the last thing I'd like to mention or point out is Jeopardy Play Show. It is $9 down from 15 so not a huge sale. Um, and it is marked as educational and trivia. I wanted to go back and see if all the Jeopardy games were marked as that because I don't know. Um, however, uh, this game is different from the other Jeopardy games, I think, in that it is uh, a series of episodes that you would play against as they aired or shortly after they aired. And of course, when Alex Trebek passed, I think they stopped doing that. Uh, they got rid of the live component and they packaged it with 30 or 40 uh, canned episodes. And you can get the archives of those episodes, all the answers online in places. So that, that's how you're going to get your completion. If you need to, I think you do need to win 30 games, 30 matches. Uh, so you can you can just use that to get through it. And I think TA said it was about 15 to 20 hours, something like that. So if that's interesting to you, uh, you might want to pick this up. I, I don't know if this is going to go on sale too many times. I think if it's only been on sale twice before. So, yeah. Jeopardy Play Show. Do, do they have the Aaron Rodgers episodes? That's what I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't blame them. I don't know what that means. I don't think so. Oh, yes, you stop. Matt. What do you got? <laughs> uh, did a little bit of homework for you there, Nate. And it looks like the other Jeopardies are classed as educational and trivia. Well, that's a bit of trivia I did not know. <laughs> a dumb tish. Okay. So I, I, one that caught my eye was Ritual, Ritual Crowd of Horns. Um, it's a game I, I knew very little about. For some reason, I gravitated towards it when I looked at the sales list. And kind of glad I, I did. It is a twin stick shooter. It is $3.99 down from $19.99. 80% off. Um, I'm a huge fan 
of twin stick shooters. I like them. They, they're fun. They provide that action element that Nate spoke of previously, where it's just constantly doing something. It's one that caught my eye. I'm going to pick it up. I want to give it a try. I unfortunately didn't have a chance to do it before we recorded tonight, but it looks good at that price. I'll take a $4 twin stick shooter any day. The other one that caught my eye, I've only heard about it, and that's Hugh. Um, I know it's like a puzzle platformer type deal. It's $2.99 down from $14.99. So nice price reduction there. $3 for... Oh, man, you never played Hugh? I have not played Hugh. Hugh gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh, man. I have summoned my inner Elroy and X. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that game... Oh. Um, it's that game is colorful, which it's based off of colors. Um, it, what's funny, I remember playing that game in colorblind mode, even though I'm not colorblind, because I found it a lot easier to just match the shapes than to try to differentiate like pinkish from purple from red. It's just it was just easy to just match the shapes. There's Absolutely, my little, there, there's my little. You game. have to do it that way. I agree. <laughs> okay, that that's actually good to know. Um, I do enjoy a good puzzle game, but it's really fun. Caught my eye, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that you guys are. L, you're speaking good of it. And and the last game I'm going to mention is you know to put a smile on L's face is Speed Three. Uh, this is Wait a, a minute. Is Sandra Bullock in that one? <laughs> Sandra Bullock is not in this one. All I right, don't think I'll, Keanu I'll Reeves is in it. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's Jason, Speed 3 Grand name? Prix. Jason Statham. <laughs> no, it wasn't Jason Statham. That's it was Jason. Uh, oh, something else. No, Interrupter. Interceptor. Uh, <laughs> sorry, did, go did ahead. Anybody, <laughs> did, I mean, did anybody actually watch anything after Speed 1? I mean, no. Okay. Uh, for the, the, Thankfully. <laughs> Last thing we need is that franchise to go on, go on like the Fast and the Furious, right? Mm. Yeah, but that fa- ninth one is out, man. It's got John Cena. Uh, I, after the second one, I said, nah, right, I'm done. Done. <laughs> no more Fast and the Furious. <laughs> have you played Speed 3? I have not, but this is one of those games that has always been, in my personal opinion, tragically overpriced at twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, it is on sale for $14.99, 50% off. So it caught my eye because $30 for what looks to be not a very deep racing game on the surface is just entirely too much money. So at the $14.99 price point, I'm going to go ahead and, and pick it up and give it a spin. And I will I will let everybody know in the Discord what I think of it. Michelle? I, I actually was also going to recommend Hugh, and then I saw you had uh, put it down already. It's That is, I will echo what everyone said. Very good choice. I would totally recommend that one. I couldn't, though. I don't want to double dip. So I picked two games, uh, one of which is Manual Samuel. Uh, quite a few of us I know in the Discord have had experience with Manual Samuel, I know I am aware someone has told me at some point that there is another game that is similar to it. I don't remember what it is, nor have I ever seen it. 
All of that is to say, I've never really played another game exactly like Manual Samuel. Uh, the the storyline is essentially the main character loses control of his whole body, and it's a simulation game because you are simulating what a human body does. Moving the right arm, moving the left arm, moving the right leg, moving the left leg. It's got a really great sense of humor. It's fun to play in co-op if you're able to play it in co-op. I believe it's local only. It's currently $149 instead of $9.99. Manual Samuel was in Game Pass for a full year, but that time has since come and gone. So if you haven't had a chance to play it, definitely recommend it. The other game that caught my eye, I'm not necessarily saying I'll, I'm recommending it because I have not played it on Xbox, but it's Tricky Towers. Tricky Towers is normally $15. It's $7.49. And the reason why it catches my eye is because I have played it on a cell phone. The way that this game works is you basically have like a flat palette and Tetris style blocks will fall from the sky and you have to balance them as they fall to get as high as possible and build a tower. I've never played this on Xbox because I play it for free on my phone. So even 750 seems like a lot because I didn't pay for it on my phone, but definitely a far more attractive price than the $15 they normally ask. So might give that one a look. Okay. Is the game you're thinking of maybe Octodad? I haven't played it as anyone else. I think the, I'm not thinking of a, like, it's not a game. I You mean to compare to Manual Samuel? Yes. I, I haven't played it. I just know at some point in the past, we had a discussion on Discord about Manual Samuel. And there was the general sentiment was, I've never played a game like this one. And a couple people noted there was a Steam game that had a similar mechanic where you control the arms and the legs independently. Uh. But that I, was Quirp. Oh, that sounds right. Could you say that again? Quirp. Quirp. Yeah, that sounds Bless correct. You. Are you familiar with that at all, or did like a light bulb I'm just familiar with, I'm familiar with how horrible it was. Really? Uh, I did not. I did not play it. It looked super frustrating. Yeah. You played Manual also, Samuel, right? I did play Super Manual Samuel, and that was much less frustrating than, okay. than uh, the, the way. Quirp or Quop? Is it Quop? I Quop. I think that's it. Q W O P. I think that's yeah, yeah. that's it. That, look, that looked horrible. Oh, it reminds cool. me of reminds me of the game I recommended last week, which was B H Trials. It looks as frustrating mm-hmm. as that. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, but but Manual Samuel is not frustrating like that. It can be, but it's definitely completable. It's it's a fun challenge, and as I said already, the humor in it is I, I think really good. Like fun game to play. If you go to skip the cutscenes, the game is self-aware enough to yell at you for skipping the cutscenes. Corey. So, definitely awesome. Hi, Marks. Alright, that was sales. In Games with Gold news, we were lucky enough to not get podcasted as we got the July announcements today. On the Xbox One, on July 1st, we will be graced with Planet Alpha which is a platformer from Team 17, and it is six to eight hours, according to TA. On July 16th, Rock of Ages 3, Make and Break. It is listed as a platforming strategy tower defense game. I have heard nothing but good games, uh, excuse me, I've heard nothing but good things about the Rock of Ages series. So I'll definitely pick them up for free, but now we don't want to play one and two first. That's always a, a troublesome <laughs> thing. In my brain. On the Xbox 360. Oh, wait a minute. Conquer Live and Reloaded is on the OG Xbox on July 1st. 
Now, of course, there's no achievements and no gamer score, but Conker's pretty beloved, right? This is a remake of the 2001 N64 game that we already have on Rare Replay. Um, from what I've heard, it is sanitized, but in a fun and funny way. So they're self-aware of the censoring they're doing. So it's PG-13. Uh, the controls are supposedly much better. And on the 360, we have Midway Arcade Origins on July 16th. It is in the collection genre, so Devin will be happy. It's six to eight hours according to TA. I remember uh, playing this, I don't know, it was like 2013, something like that. I remember having a heck of a time with the Smash TV one. That was the last one I got. And Joust 2 and Sinistar and APB were the ones I remember that were difficult. But there are a ton of classics on here like Gauntlet, Rampage, Spy Hunter, Marble Madness. Uh, we had Arch Rivals, which was like the precursor to NBA Jam. That is a really good value add. That's a great one. I think just to Not temper expectations a bit about Midway Arcade Origins, and I, I, if any of the rest of you have played this too, you can correct me if you felt differently. The largest problem with it is the controls don't always work well. I think that that's the issue with APB is the controls are either very floaty or super sensitive. I think 720 is in there maybe also, and it's the same thing where the, the controls just don't translate super well. It's still worth playing and, and certainly picking up for the price of free. But just be aware that a lot of the difficulty is, is not necessarily because the tasks themselves are hard, but the controls are, are very finicky. Do you remember that at all, L? Like that being the issue, or is it too far? It's been a down while. The memory bank now. Yeah, I don't remember if it was difficult because it was difficult or difficult because of the controls. Probably both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember what L said about the certain achievements. You know, like the Smash TV and the Joust achievements and the Sinistar. I do remember those achievements being particularly tricky. Uh, this is one of those games, you know, you, you might want to be a little bit careful kind of walking into it because that ratio looks really low on it. Mm -hmm. But you, you're going to have a little bit of it. Think of it like the Neo Geo. It's in the same mold. <laughs> yeah, if kind you're of. skilled at those older games, you might be okay. I don't remember much about the controls being really off with it because I am so far removed from playing it. I just I specifically remember it being an issue with APB that that there was something a little off there. The game is completable, definitely completable. But exactly what you said, Matt. Like if you're getting started with it, don't be fooled by the TA ratio. It actually might be a little harder than the ratio suggests because of some of these more difficult achievements in there. But as they say, if L can do it, you. All right. Unfortunately, we don't have any Game Pass news. I'm sure tomorrow we'll find out what games are <laughs> going to be leaving on uh, July 15th or so, but we don't have that info right now. But what we do have is... Uh, oh, Anigo, what do we have next? Coming real soon. Nice. <laughs> Nate, it's all you, buddy. Already filling in for Rocker, on Thursday, July 1st, we have probably the best game we're going to talk about in mm. this segment in my opinion, and that is Blaster Master Zero. Uh, now, if you know this, it is based on a game from the NES uh, era. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to read a little bit of, you know... Uh, <laughs> dang it, stupid vocabulary, too late. 
a little bit of propaganda for you. Uh, Blaster Master Zero <laughs> is an 8-bit style top-down and side-view 2D action-adventure game that harkens back to the golden age of the NES. Now, this is interesting. Uh, this game was created using the original 1988 title Blaster Master from Sunsoft as a base with the addition of new areas and bonuses, new gameplay elements such as extra sub-weapons, improved gameplay, a more robust scenario, refined and expanded exploration mechanics, and more. How vague. Player 2 can provide support for Player <laughs> 1 as they traverse through the game in the local-only co-op Whoa. multiplayer mode. What does that even so, mean? Yeah. Like a bra? Like what well, it means that co-op only works locally and you cannot do it online. I mean provide support. Does that mean <laughs> you're playing together or is it like I, uh, Child of Light, where you just like hang out and play as little fairy things? I think it's more like Child of Light. That's that's kind of what I'm getting from it. All I know is we don't have too long to wait to find out. Uh, I'm excited about this game. So. Comes out uh, <clears throat> today. Yeah, yeah. Time travel's fun. <laughs> also coming out today, uh, Super <laughs> Destronaut DX2 from uh, Petite Games and Radalika. Oh, this is thanks. the next game in a series that I don't think anyone <laughs> asked for. It's basically Whoa. Space Invaders, um, but it's much easier to beat than Space Invaders. Friday, July second. <laughs> The, pro- <laughs> the Procession to Calvary. Uh, this is a Digirati published game, so that's already already got our attention. It's an adventure. It's a point and click. Uh, and to read their propaganda, pilfer from pirates, conspire with cardinals, and perform miracles with an incompetent magician. The Procession to Calvary is a Python-esque adventure game made from the Renaissance paintings and a spiritual successor to the Chris, uh, critically assumed four last things. I don't know anything about four last things, but I do know about Monty Python and in checking out the uh, screens and some video of this game, it is totally ripped right out of the Monty Python kind of interstitials. Uh, and it looks, looks like it's made for a certain set of people. So you might want to check that out and figure out if that's you. Also coming out Friday, July 2nd, Treasure Hunter Simulator. Uh, now, this is a game that allows you to simulate treasure hunting treasure. Yeah, <laughs> treasure hunting. You're basically using a, uh, a metal detector, and you're picking up shiny things, and you're digging, and uh, you're supposed to go around and visit different locales and stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think we need to see how long it takes to complete the game before we can recommend it. Um, and finally... Um, Apparently, the title says it all, Walden, comma, a game. So, yeah, this is a take on Henry David Thoreau's classic adventure in living simply in nature as you explore this epic open world game based on the story of Thoreau's life in the, wor- uh, in the woods alone at Walden Pond. Now, gaming site CNN says it's an introspective Oregon trail. <laughs> I always trust their takes on gaming. I'm glad we oh, finally yes. come to this point. <laughs> yes, finally, finally. Um, and just, I want to point out some of the achievements here. I know I'm, I'm ripping on this game a little bit. It, it's totally an indie. It's totally the whole indie ethos, right? Let's make this game that wouldn't normally be made, and let's see what kind of uh, how we can get other people into games. Um, so it's kind of interesting to me. But um, let's see. There are achievements for things such as. Uh, get 20 of these, get 20 of those, sell 20 of these, that sort of stuff. But then the very interesting ones are never bought anything at the general store. Okay. Uh, never went into town. Okay. And then walking <laughs> 50 miles. So, yeah. This game, I don't know. 
I think people need to know it exists. That's that's why I had to pick this one, even though <laughs> it may not be the best game. I think people need to know that this thing exists. Uh, I'm glad is, to know it exists. Yes. I, I'm going to go ahead and pre-order it. <laughs> well, it's already on Steam, so if you're that interested, you could get it twice. Oh, man. Do it, Matt. Let us know. <laughs> I am... And- so mm-hmm. glad video games this have CNN for something like this because you know we finally hit that point where it really is art imitating life. I'm never buying anything at the general store again. I expect my <laughs> achievement. I like how it's promoting the anti-socialism. Never going into town. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Fitbits give you achievements for walking 50 miles. Yeah, they, I'm sure they, they do. do. They definitely give you inspirational emails. All right, it's time for Contest Corner. Nate, tell us about the Gamertag Challenge. It looks like we're coming to the end of June. We are coming to the end of June, and the Gamertag was Soundwave Core. His wildcard game was anything in Transformers uh, series, so a previous completion or an achievement will earn you one point. And his bonus was Raytail Completion. That's a base completion in a game that has DLC. You do not need to complete the DLC to get the bonus point. Uh, We need those basically scores. You need to update your sheet before the next show. So let's just call that Monday the 5th. As long as your scores are in by then, we can read and pick our winner on the next day, which will be our live recording as july the 6th speaking of july we have picked our new gamer tag and the lucky guy i believe is kbal 73 we have no further details at this time but we will by tuesday that's a cool guy except for the fact that he's from boston other than that he's pretty great yeah doesn't he have a doesn't he support a bruins picture good for him we don't talk about that no not, i, I, I no, like him not good for Okay, it is now time for Brag Camp, a.k.a. Proclamation Point. Inigo, we'll start with you. All right, let's let's cover one of my favorite stats. That's completions. All right, uh, we have KT has reached 85 completed games. Unstoppable KD at 165 games. Philip Wendell has reached 315 games. Icefire TN, 320 games. A Gray Shark, not to be confused with the Blue Shark, has completed 350 games. Survivalist has completed 360 games. Bastion Reader, 440 games. Retro Chief, without his internet, 440 games. What the (laughs) Fug, 475 games. Mr. Gompers. Did you catch that, Nate? I said Mr. Gompers. Yeah, I did. I see how it's done. <laughs> 490 games. Matthew H. Double Zero. And he is not related to me. 495 games. EOJ. 540. Vulgar Latin. 560 games. I didn't even think he knew how to complete a game, but he has proven me wrong today. <laughs> Red 047, 590. L's favorite, Lord of Dookie, 69, 595. Yes. Casual Exile, 605. Kitty Skies, 625. Everyone's favorite, Mike Pitch, 645. 
Russ Ross, 665, Triple Triad, 777, 765, Mental Knight, 775 games on his way to beating me in the soccer game. Jimbot UK, 785 games, Elroy OMJ, 930, Lucas, 1987, uh, 2,220 completed games. I mean, that's impressive, Lucas. Uh, wow. <laughs> and then we're going to move on into completion percentage. Ahizo at 42%. Katie has reached 44%. Toby Lynn has hit 53%. Welcome to the group, Toby Lynn. Uh, Arutark. 73%. Yeah. Did I say that right? All right. Absolutely. Alright, we'll, we'll go with that one. Elroy OMJ, 77%. Sabin Rothschild, 91%. Legohead, 1977, 96%. Good job, Legohead. In ratio, we have Henke XD, which I think is just a face with some squinty eyes, actually, so it's probably Henke squinty eye face. Uh, he's reached a new <laughs> milestone uh, with a TA ratio of 2.1. He's the only one playing those hard games. In streaks, we have a Yingergarten on a 50-day streak. We have Ben L72 on a 100-day streak. We have X, the birthday boy hero, currently on a 150-day achievement win streak. We have Northern Lass with 300 days and Saucy Slingo with a measly 2,625 days. Slacker. In, a <laughs> In achievements one, we have AS Unknown one with 9,000 achievements. Fluttery Chicken has reached 10,000. Survivalist at 17,000 achievements. Casual Exile at 24,000 achievements. Ross Sauce Ross with 25,000 achievements. Elroy OMJ with his second milestone of this Sprague camp at 32,000 achievements. And Triple Triad 777, who's also been mentioned more than once, at 34,000 achievements. Moving on to Gamerscore, Fuath has reached a Gamerscore milestone of 150,000. Matthew, 550,000. Not Matthew on the panel, but Matthew HOO. And Ahizo at 600,000 Gamerscore. Okie dokie and TA score. Fight Club has 500,000 TA score. I Mike Zero also has 500,000 TA score. Red 047 has 1.25 million TA score. Rossos Ross 1.5 million. Triple Triad, it's you again, 1.9 million. And Mr. North Ultra Railbait has 2.1 million TA score. In leaderboards, Ahizo's in the top 5,000 of the TA leaderboard for role playing. Uh, he also got some Arizona card and board things, but no one cares about that category, so we won't read them. Uh, ben L72 is in the top 1,000 of the Gamerscore leaderboard for Platformer. Fluttery Chicken is in the top 2,000 of the England TA leaderboard. Mental Knight is in the top 100 of the TA Difference leaderboard for Adventure. And in the top 10 of the TA leaderboard for Education and Trivia. A uh, quick shout-out, actually, to Mental and MVP. And uh, Dude with the Face and M and uh, myself, we finished that Artifacts Monday game that we were working on, Endless Fables, right? Who the hell knows? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those Artifacts Monday games. But we got the completion together. It was a good time. Ross, Ross, Ross is in the top 1,000 of the TA leaderboard for Survival Horror. And what the fuck? This is a real good one in the top 10 of the Wisconsin TA leaderboards. Nicely done, Fug. 
All right, and now my favorite part, reading random stuff that people post in hashtag BragCamp. Vulgar Latin completed MLB the show. Very good. Last time I was in party with him, he was saying um, vulgar things while he was playing that game, so thankfully he's done with that one. Uh, woo has been monopolizing the Vayner channel with La Mulana talk. He finished La Mulana 2 and was the first one to do so in TA and has been basically talking up this series ever since. So hopefully he's got some good tips. Retro Chief completed Skylander Swap Force 360 and is the 420th gamer to have done so. Blaze it up. He probably also has 420,000 Skylanders in his house. So someone buy <laughs> some from him. He, he does. I yes, can't I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aftos84 decided to post and say that he hit 250,000 gamer score right on the nose. So that was interesting. AS Unknown completed Sing to Row 2. That's a good one. Kitty completed Paw Patrol on a Roll. That's a not so good one. Bastion Reader hit a fun gamer score total of 556677. And right after that, Look at this. We have Ross Ross Ross. Ross 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 hit 888-888. So that's pretty great. Uh, Mike Pitch had challenged me in completions, and he's been playing one easy, crappy game a day and has overtaken me in completions and currently has 645 to my 643. We're going to have to remedy that. Uh, when this podcast hits, the July uh, RTDL will have come out. And I have added a whole bunch of crappy, easy games to my game collection. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, take my lead back from you, sir. Don't play Moto Racer 4 to do that. <laughs> Tell Mike Pitch to try that game and keep playing until he completes it. <laughs> you can do it, bud. It. And, of course, uh, as Kush alluded to, X the Hero, happy birthday on June 29th. And, of course, Michelle with a big birthday on June 30th. Happy birthday to you as well. Hey, Thank happy you. birthday. Yeah, Thank happy you. birthday. All right. We are wrapping up. Make sure you hit us up on the Twitch, the Twitter, the Discord, and the YouTube. Because, Lord knows, our fans love to listen to our podcast on YouTube. If you love us. Check out the Patreon. We've had some great talks recently in the Patreon VIP channel. Uh, I can't talk about what we talk about on here because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. All right. Anything anyone want to say before we get out of here? Good night. I'm good. Thanks for joining us again, Inigo. Pleasure to record with you. you Yeah, thank you for having me on again. Um, You know, again, it's an honor and... Yeah, I got some big shoes Phil taking it filling in for Fufu. I'm pretty sure everybody misses him. I know know we all are going to. So Well, I did miss him until I just looked on Facebook and saw a picture of him in an Orioles jersey. I do not miss him anymore. <laughs> I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> okay, you know what? Now that you mentioned he was in an Orioles jersey, I don't yeah, everything exactly. I just said goes out the window, okay? <laughs> Go socks. <laughs> I'm upset you have basically spoken ill of my neighborhood sport team. <laughs> Uh-oh. Your conviction is clear. Did I do it right? You, you are defending their honor. <laughs> yes. Kush is, a, Kush is a big Orioles fan. He was asking me earlier if
Cal Ripken Jr. is still playing. And um, who knows? He probably still is. <laughs> that that, that man was a legend, I got to say. He was a good, he was a good one. All As right. a Sox fan, I will say he is a legend. Nobody will ever play that many games in a row again. People play more than five games and they're like, ah, oh, my toe hurts. Yeah. Never Terrible. see anything like it. Terrible. All right. Thank you for listening to Achievement Hunting 101. Class is dismissed. Bye-bye. Bye. See you. It's Generation X. It's Generation X. Xbox. Get Xbox. Xbox. It's Generation X. Hygienic. Get Xbox. Hygienic. Xbox. Get Xbox. Get Xbox. Welcome back, nostalgia-seeking Chivo Hunters, to the second edition of Gen Xbox, where two old fogies from Generation X sit around and compare some games you can earn some gamer score in with games that we grew up on. What did these new games do well, and where did they fall short? Well, that's what we will discuss in this segment. Joining me today is someone whose speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock a run. That's right, on time. It's Freaky! That's right. Hey, Freaky, rock a run, you rock a run. All right, that's right, it's Freaky! Oh, freaky. man, yeah, great song. Thank you, yeah. Great song. I thought, I thought you deserved a good uh, intro, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, I guess we got uh, greenlit to uh, do a second episode uh, of this, hey, so. Hey, no, I was I was, um, I was was pleasantly surprised with the, the reception of the first episode, so. It was, yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize how how much people would enjoy actually listening to two uh, old farts <laughs> ramble on about stuff in the from from our childhood. <laughs> yeah, well, the key is to get everything right. So I, as far as I know, we got everything one hundred percent correct. So we no need to do any corrections. We, we don't need to go. We don't need to roll back anything. Everything was one hundred percent correct. Yes. Yep. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, we got that out of the way. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so this week uh, we don't need to lay out our credentials or anything. Uh, no, no. I think it'll be a, it'll be a, a shorter week. You know, we may. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll still find tangents here and there. But yeah, we don't have to put out our uh, our proof of. Uh, you know. <laughs> oldness yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah okay i think everyone is uh, has uh, very distinctly understood that we are old so we're good but uh <laughs> and as far as not talking a long time uh i wouldn't have except for i found a game that i didn't know I was going to talk about until just like two days ago I, I told you one game and then i went another way oh okay uh, so i'm, I'm gonna be surprised yeah, at this one yeah, well, I think no. I told you about this one. Oh, okay, so I, okay. I didn't do a switcheroo on you twice. So okay. this was the original switcheroo I gave you. So originally I was going to do one that I'll probably do next time, mm-hmm. which uh, I'll reveal at a later date. But then I I sat down and I saw this wonderful game. It was called Eight Dragons. I mean, it just had you at the title. I mean, Eight Dragons. I mean, it's just. That's yeah. not, I mean, there's that's a lot of dragon per dollar. In fact, I mean, that's, it was that's on way, sale. That's, that's like four it. times more than double dragon. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, indeed, it's four times the double dragon. And, uh, and as far as the, uh, I think regularly priced, you pay just over a dollar per dragon. So I think it's uh, normally eight ninety nine. I think it was on sale this week for about seven. But anyway, by the time oh, yeah, you listen to this, deal. I'm sure it won't be on sale anymore. So there you go. But, uh, Anyhow, it's uh, a beat 'em up. So let me just kind of tell you about the game first, and then I'll tell you why I fell in love with this game. So um, it's uh, currently worth about fifteen hundred TA, 
And uh, it's a pretty easy-going beat-em-up, and it's from Jandu Soft. It's got 46 whole achievements in it, and you might be saying that's a whole lot of achievements, but you'll get most of those during your first playthrough. So you play through it, and uh, one playthrough entails going through seven levels. Okay. So uh, once you get through the seven levels, you're, you're, the end of that's the main boss, and you destroy the boss, and then that's the end of the playthrough. So there's 11, 11 levels in total, so... There's seven per playthrough. There's 11 total. I believe it's random, but I'm not 100% sure because I never had to go back and play with a, a character the second time to see if it was in the same order. Okay. So I don't know if that it is random, but it, it looked like it was random to me. But Okay, but, so, you, uh, so you only play seven levels per run through, but there's like a yes, total of 11. Yes, 11. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. There's okay. 11 possible, and it seemed like it just drew randomly, but some, some it drew more random than others so i don't know if there was character specific levels it's possible uh mm -hmm. because it seemed like everybody took the same route to some degree like uh the subway was a everyone went through the subway and okay. everyone went yeah it seemed like there's about three or four that were definitely uh, pretty much on everyone's playthrough. I didn't notice if everyone went through those stages, but it seemed like I played them a whole lot more than the other ones. So there's yeah. a couple that, like, uh, for example, there's the docks, uh, and I only saw the docks once so far. And I haven't finished the game yet, but I've only seen that one once. And okay. so, but anyway, they uh, each of the levels have about two, approximately two unique enemies. And so you get an achievement for killing both of those enemies. And mm -hmm. and by unique, I, that's a bit of a stretch. So, uh, for example, on the mall level, there's Bobby and Billy. Bobby <laughs> and Billy at the mall. And uh, they uh, basically wear different color shirts. So, yeah, a, uh, different color. <laughs> the, the, this, this area of pixels is just a shade darker. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different color. No, this one's, this one's definitely a different color. I mean, uh, their, their mamas didn't dress them the same, at least. But I, I hope they realize they're related. Now, um, maybe they don't realize they're related. I, you know, Bob and Billy, you never know. But yeah. uh, Stacy and Shanae... Uh, Stacy and Shanae are, are a little more interesting backstory on those two characters because uh, one... Well, they're identical except for one's black and one's white. So I don't know okay. if they're... But other than that, they're like identical sisters. So it's, it's crazy. But, um, but on the first playthrough I went through, I unlocked 28 out of the 46 achievements. So I got 360 gamer score. And the playthrough probably takes about... 20 minutes i'd say i don't know something like that 25 minutes max but so there is a downside that you get an achievement for uh having to beat the game with each character and oh, there yeah. are literally eight characters plus there is an arcade mode um and you might be saying well that sounds fun no it's just like the story mode so oh, okay they just called it something different so, i think that you get two main bosses in the arcade mode that's the only difference i could tell but. okay so i'm assuming since there's eight main characters like each character is a different head of the dragon is, <laughs> yes it's is, uh, is that it's not a hydra it's a uh, octra something. yeah yeah an, yeah yeah octra octa dragon i guess yeah uh, something yeah yeah i'm not sure uh, well, that to the things that we got right at the later. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the downside thus is you get nine playthroughs, but the upside is is that it's fun, so you don't mind. So why this game? Why did I choose this? Okay, there you go. I, I tried to tell you a little bit about the game. This, mm -hmm. I was kind of pseudo-review because I really think everyone should play this game. But um, So this game I chose because it is your classic. I mean, it is classic beat-em-up. I mean... You think beat em up like what do you what game do you think of when you think of beat em ups? Like, oh, I, what, I mean, my first well, shoot, my first my first beat em up I remember playing is Double Dragon down at the Seven Eleven. Okay. 
Yep, uh, that one's in. Um, 7-Eleven, nice. Yeah, we would walk down the, you know, we lived in a cul-de-sac, and this was, you know, before, so we moved out of that house in like 1988, mm-hmm. so I was younger than 10 years old. We would walk down, and my sister would spend her dimes and nickels on, this is back when you can actually buy like Jolly Ranchers, one piece nice. at a time for a nickel, <laughs> instead of the whole bag. And so we would oh, go yeah. down, and we would save aluminum cans, <laughs> and I'd go and spend my quarters on playing video games at the 7-Eleven. Yeah, so like Double Dragon's definitely the first beat 'em up I ever played. Nice. See, my local arcade, uh, I was within a bike's distance in the mall, and so uh, there was no reason to go anywhere else besides the mall because yeah. that's where the Aladdin's Castle was. So Yes, I was just about to ask you if your mall had an Aladdin's Castle. Ours yeah, did too. Yeah, absolutely, Aladdin's Castle. And, of course, I remember like – all the cool kids had their birthday parties there. And if you got to go, man, they put the, the machines all on free play and you were like, Oh snap. Oh man, I was never I was never went to a birthday party at Lamb's oh, Castle. I got to go to two of those and I still remember each one of them because it was so cool because you could play everything as much as you want. And all these games that would just gobble up your quarters and you mm-hmm, just sit there mm-hmm. and give it an hour and a half of your time and then just move on to the next one. And then it was a uh, showbiz pizza for, for us or, oh, or nice, Chuck yeah. E. Cheese, the same thing. Nice. Yep. So, yep. But, oh, uh, I remember Showbiz, man. Those that, that Freddy's game kind of freaks me out because like yes. those things were freaky, man. Those animatronics. I got behind the curtain with the animatronics once. And oh, I know. Of, yeah, it kind of scarred me a little bit. I did it as a dare, like when I was like really young, and I went behind mm-hmm. the curtain, and they were just dead, you know. But they, they were like stare at you, but they were had no motion. Oh man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whoever, yeah, whoever did Five Nights at Freddy's definitely went grew up going to Chuck E. Cheese and Showbiz Pizza or working so there definitely. because it yeah. is like, yeah, that is how spot oh, yeah. on it is. I don't know what Chuck E. Cheese because ours was Showbiz. I don't, they turned Chuck E. Cheese long after I, I stopped going, but with Showbiz, yeah. they all had bears. It was like all of these damn bears. Yeah, it's like four yeah. or five bears and mm-hmm. some of them were really kind of kind of questionable and uh they look like they jump off the stage and kill the entire uh, uh audience there so <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, but, yes. all right so good all right well i'm glad you mentioned double dragon uh because uh double dragon is definitely got some influences on it. so i've i've narrowed it down to three influences that this game has had on it and double dragon is one of them so mm-hmm. uh the reason that it's similar to double dragon is that um the way the game starts for each of the characters is uh, different. I don't know if it's random. Again, I I only did played through a, uh, five char- or four characters, uh, and I only played through once because I never died. Uh, well, I died, but I didn't lose, so I don't know if you can continue or what. But anyway, so I only had to play through once with each one. And so each one starts differently, but several of them start with some big dude Walking over, punching a woman in the gut, and slinging her over his shoulder, and walking off. That, that is, I mean, that's the perfect. That is the opening scene to Double Dragon. Like, that is <laughs> it, it really is. Now, in, in this one, they're not flanked by anybody. In, in the other one, there's like a couple of goons that uh, went with them. This time, it's just some person going rogue and punching women in the in the stomach and slinging them over their shoulder. But oh, there, there are other stories that start the game, but there, I, I really like that one because of obvious reasons. It reminded me of, you know, Double Dragon. So, yeah. uh, but uh, it has the same kind of scheme. You can punch. Uh, you have the back kick and then the jump kick that's overpowered. And uh, uh, the fights take place in an area and then they move on to the next area. That That's pretty similar in most beat-em-ups. But, and then... There's uh, a couple of enemies on this game that are big muscular dudes, and they're 
I don't know. They kind of. I think they work out in the same gym as the, the big ugly dudes on Double Dragon. <laughs> I, I had to look that guy's name up. He actually has a name. Do, do you have? I'm I'm gonna be super impressed if you actually know what the you know the big dude that looks like he's made out of rock in Double Dragon. Yeah, and he has that like weird mustache. Yeah. Yeah. He, um. I mean, gosh, it's, just... it's like I actually just played through one of the <laughs> Double Dragon games, and you have to yeah. play through and use each character to to win. Oh. Okay. I want to say it's like. It's like Gonzor or Gollum or no, nah, it's not Gollum. What, <laughs> what is it? Uh, if it makes if it helps any, it starts with an A, uh, and there's a lot of O's in it. Uh, oh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> it's a Bobo. Ah, that's it, a Bobo. I knew as soon as you said I'd know it. Yeah, yep. it's a, a Bobo. But anyway, so there's a couple of big muscular dudes. They're a little more handsome than a Bobo, although yeah. a Bobo does have that mustache. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it looks like a Fu Manchu, right? If I recall. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't want to be no, racially uh, insensitive, yeah. but like it has the. <laughs> no, I think it's actually called a Fu Manchu mustache. Yeah. Well, I have to ask X. He has a mustache, so he's okay. Our, okay. He's our go-to uh, mustache expert. So. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of big dudes that are like oversized than everyone else on the screen. And, and, and just maybe think of a Bobo, the, the guy that looks like he's made out of rock. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then, um, uh, so you had some double dragon there and then I had streets of rage. Mm-hmm. So the reason I, I chose streets of rage is uh, another influence is because you have multiple characters of the same type, but they just have different names like Billy and Bobby from the mall and yeah, yeah. you know Stacy and Shanae and <laughs> they just have different colored shirts on and or other minor tweaks but uh, <laughs> Streets of Rage had that where you know that some characters were tougher than others because they were a different color and they you know had a different name and but the, mm-hmm. there's no health bars like you know when Streets of Rage when you're like fighting them their their yeah, health they have, like, bar little ticks of the health yeah. bar now yep, yep. yeah nah, nothing like that so this one's a little more primitive than that but uh, but also you can do the where you uh, knee them and then you got their like you knee them in the face mm-hmm. and then you like flip them over your shoulder. Yep. And that hits other enemies. Yeah, that's always my go-to oh, move. Yeah, that that move is definitely in the game. I I use that to my advantage many a times. And then lastly, another reason it's like Streets of Rage is because it has a bunch of dudes in it with guns that are massively overpowered. Uh-huh. No, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, you can take a lot of hits with your fists, but if someone shoots you with a gun, it's yeah. going to take up a lot more hell. I mean, I get it, but still, it doesn't mean that there needs to be dudes in the game with guns that are shooting at you and, mm-hmm. and uh, taking off literally three quarters of your health with one shot. Yeah, so it's like those knife guys in double dragon. Like <laughs> yeah, you get hit yeah, once, guys. like three, three quarters of your life is gone. You're like, Oh, ah. I know. God, I hate those guys, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they do have that aspect in this as well. There's a, a pimp that has a gun that uh, I think his name. Oh, what was his name? Ah, oh, I can think of it. Silky, I think it was Silky. <laughs> of course, it was Silky. The, yeah, Silky the pimp. And uh, <laughs> Silky the pimp, man, he is the hardest enemy in the game because this dude, like, he like shoots you, shoots at you, and then he runs off like a, a little bee, and uh, and yeah, um, you, you have to basically. For those of you that are actually tuning in for some kind of gameplay tips, what you got to do to kill Silky is you got to like lure him to the middle of the screen and then do a bunch of dashes and then kind of dash and hit him at uh, when after he shoots. And that's about the only way I could figure it out to hit him. And then you kind of stay close 
And because otherwise, man, he just backs off, backs off, backs off, and then shoots you when he can. I mean, if you got so, a gun, why would you even like try to engage? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I don't blame Silky. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, Silky's just doing what a pimp's got to do, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was. But, I believe that was what. Uh, I don't know, a Snoop Dogg album or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mo, mo bullets, mo mo shooting. Is that <laughs> something like that? <laughs> so, I think that was the name. I don't know. I, I add that again to the list of things we got correct. So, oh yeah, exactly. Um, we're just, we're just, it, we have to have a tally. <laughs> I mean, well, we're, right, we're, it's we're not going to be a tally. It'll just be one side. How many of things we, we got, got right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the third game was Renegade. Did you ever play Renegade? Yes, yes. That it, yeah. it's on. Uh, they came out with a little emulation of it uh, recently, and that one of those little Arc Soft or Arc System works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, yeah, yeah I, I, I actually downloaded and played that earlier this month as well. The Arc System nice. works one. Yeah, you got the gentleman yeah. six hundred in that one, I believe. <laughs> okay, see, I played it all the way through. Got the full one thousand. That's a hot mess at the end. I I never played it uh, growing up. I missed that one somehow, and and uh, so I really enjoyed it when I got to finally play through it. And I see, you know, it's kind of like the the father of some of these other beat 'em ups we're talking about. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but uh, the reason I compared it to Renegade is because there are enemies in this game uh, that you have to kick off motorcycles like you do in Renegade. There's a whole okay. couple of stages where you have to kick dudes off motorcycles uh, by jump kicking at the right time. And so yep. there's an element of that in this game. And then also there's like, before you get on the actual subway train, there's a subway platform level. And there's like, it looks just like that Renegade stage. Um, there's an achievement in that arc system works where you have to uh, knock everybody off of this podium into the, into the, I don't know. The, there's the, like, yeah, it's like a pit at the end of the yeah, game. It's yeah. like a pit, yeah. but yeah. I mean, a... it looks like they could literally just step down in there, yeah. but uh, yeah. uh, it's not exactly to scale. It's not like you're falling off a cliff, but good Lord, man, that's like instant death. If you touch that thing. Oh, and man. So, yeah. Don't, yeah. and, and it, it, it comes <laughs> back from, there were no walls there. You fell off too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful, man. But man, that, they have something like that. And it's literally like the same setup. It's like right before you get on the subway train and it's like this podium that looks like it's like, you know, two feet down, but it's actually a thousand feet and might as well be because as soon as you, and it has spikes in it, I guess, Mm -hmm. even though you can't see them because it is insta death if you even look at it wrong. So, uh, but yeah, that is, uh, also in this game. And then there was one last unknown element that, um, uh, as you can tell, I could talk about this game for a long time. I really yeah. like this game. Yeah. And there was one last unknown uh, element in there because there was a there the main enemy of the game in arcade mode is named Mr. Big, and that was the main boss. Nice. And so I was like, God, there there was a beat 'em up that had Mr. Big as its main boss, and I kept thinking I could not come up with. It. I went to the to the internets, and. Uh, I I was confusing it with the Streets of Rage main enemy. Do you yeah. remember him? The um, no, no. I mean, I, I I can vision him. I just don't remember his name. It was Mister X. Oh, so yep, yep, yep. Mister X, and so I was thinking Mister Big is Mister X, and then I realized that all I was remembering wrong. Maybe it was because X was in there, and that got me thinking of Mister Big was actually from Art of Fighting, and it's ACA Glory. He's the one that goes blaster. Blaster, blaster, blaster. Like all you have to do is blaster and, and then you get a thousand gamer score. Blaster, blaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Yeah. It's all, yeah, all those fighting games that had the great the great catchphrases was Street Fighter 2 was like Tiger. 
Tiger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tiger. Sergeant Pete Blaster. I believe Mr. Big is actually a pimp too, but I'm not 100% sure. He's got the jack, he's got the fur and he's got the sunglasses, but I don't I can't prove. I don't want to incriminate Mr. Big from artifacting. If you're not a pimp, that's I, that's okay. I I'm sorry. I, yeah. No, nothing against uh, pimps, but I mean Yeah, he, I'm just, I just oh, yeah, I'm I, looking him up right now. He's kind of classy you know, looking, you, I'm going to say. You, you sleep with dogs, you get fleas, you dress like pimps and people are going to think you're a pimp. I mean, yeah, I think exactly. that's how it goes. Yeah. Exactly. And then uh uh, but I did look up one interesting uh, side note here is that there is actually a Mr. Big as the main boss of an 80s game that you may or may not have played. Hmm. What is this game? It is NARC. Uh, yes, I have played NARC on the NES. I don't, yeah. I don't remember much of it, but I do remember the game and playing it's- it. Yep, it's a running gun. It was an arcade uh, hit in 1988, and it was ported to NES in 1990. It was ported to a whole lot of different systems, including the Commodore 64. So, uh, But uh, it was ported to NES in 1990, and <laughs> I like the. I was looking at the Wikipedia page on it. It really cracked me up because it said that, oh, man, I thought I had it pulled up, so I was going to read it verbatim to you. But basically, uh, the game was like an anti-drug had like a really it says it's the first anti-drug messaged game or something like that yeah and then it and it promptly says that the nes took out all references to that <laughs> so I, <laughs> of course like like okay. the history of nintendo whitewashing their games like mm-hmm. um was it when i was in high school well, it the seems big like thing. they would leave that in there yeah now it was like the first pro drug game that i could see that but <laughs> well, i mean with I a name know. like narc like what do you expect Oh yeah, I mean, come on! But um, but uh, it didn't. I mean, yeah. didn't the Super Nintendo? Didn't they have to? Um, uh, who was it? Midway did Mortal Kombat, and yeah, they yeah, take... they had the blood settings, and yeah. they had the yeah, yeah. The, the Su- Genesis was way cooler because they allowed the blood. So. And then the Super Nintendo was like, it was, I mean, all they did was just change it from red to gray. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't. Uh, I I only played it a lot later. I don't remember the blood color, but I do remember it was more fluid. Like it was a better game. Like it was ported better to the Super Nintendo. But you played the Genesis one if you wanted blood. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, they, I mean, they still had a lot of the uh, like the fatalities in there. Like they still had like mm-hmm. the scorpion toasty, but like oh yeah, all the just all the the blood splatter was gray instead of red. Uh, if I remember correctly, like I said, this is you know I'm trying. I'm remembering back twenty plus years now nice. at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're 100 percent correct. Uh, wasn't, wasn't there also like an 80s band called Mr. Big? Oh yeah, I'm the one who wants yes, to that's the, be yes, with yes. you. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, feel it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Blame it on the. Oh, I forget. Hold on, yeah. little girl. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Come on, baby. Come oh, on. See, I was not the only one that sings. <laughs> Oh, yeah, good old Mr. Big, man. I way to pull that out. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that's that's it, man. <laughs> yeah, he uh, it's pretty boring. I, I remember the video. It was like all wasn't it like in grayscale or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that was like TV as a kid. I think. I mean, if I remember correctly, because I know um, there's a lot of hair in that video. Yeah, because this is this is the time where it's like if you were a metal band, you had to <laughs> you had to release a a a, a ballad like Extreme. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Extreme, but they do the um. Oh, they're, it's actually on, on Guitar Hero One. They do the last songs play with me, and like the guitarist for Extreme is crazy. Like, <laughs> like that's how the the song starts uh-huh. out. And but Extreme's biggest hit is like some power ballad, and it's like um, mm. uh, more than words. Like, 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right. More, More than, than yeah. words. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. that one. It's a, like, a lot of hair, a, a lot of, uh, you know, grayscale in that video, too, and, like, acoustic guitars and, uh-huh. you know, all the metal bands had to do, like, one ballad so they would get people, you know, that was just the thing back then, you know, all the yeah, 80s they, hair uh, bands. Yeah, you had, uh, was it, I uh, see it. Motley Crue, Home Sweet Home. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, Ugly Kid Joe, Cats in the Cradle. Uh, yes, yeah. Ugly Kid Joe, <laughs> yeah, good yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. Throwing some at you here. Okay, yeah. I, I was, uh, I remember these. Oh, wait, um, so. What? Uh, Sister Christian? I think that's the name of I the song. I never was a Sister Christian. That was, that was the name of the song, I think. You know, Motoring, what's your price for flight? For finding Mr. <laughs> right. I don't know that one at all. Yeah. Oh, um, man. And then what other? Oh, 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 wait. Oh, oh. Uh. Uh, what was it uh, Ozzy Osbourne? Mama, I'm coming home. Mama, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See. See. Okay. Yeah. So sh- should we should we talk about uh, right. uh, Eight Dragons again? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, we got off got off track. Yeah. 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 Like, what Sorry, were we talking I threw about Mr. Again? Big in there. Uh, I thought the blaster blaster, and then and then just kind of yeah we, <laughs> we, we yeah. All right. So. I always like to divide mine up to what did it do better and what did it do worse. So here you go. So this is what it did better. So what it did better was is that the weapons do not break. Serious. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, it's such it's such a revolutionary uh, achievement in the beat 'em up world because you uh, grab a metal pipe. Well, in this case, like an axe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in real world, you, you take a metal pipe and you you could crack as many heads as you want with that because, yeah, you know, yeah. it's metal. Yeah. You know, people's skulls aren't metal. And so metal wins. And um, so with this, you grab a weapon. And if you get a weapon, you know you're good to go for that whole stage because nice. uh, they're not very good at disarming you uh, when you put it on the lowest skill level. So you get an axe, you can uh, turn into, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you get, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, Jason uh, Voorhees, you could, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. You just didn't he like tear through everybody? Yeah, you just tear through everybody with this accent. So, anyway, so that was pretty cool. I like that there was a no break weapon system. Uh, I hate, I yeah, gosh. Oh, I, that's so annoying. You know, like, oh, yeah. I mean, because it's waste, only good for my... like the the enemies at that particular part. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the like, two enemies right, that are on the screen when you get it. <laughs> yep, and then you have to like plan ahead where you're like, okay, I'm gonna grab it right before I advance, and then sometimes it's an auto advance. You're like, take it. Like, yeah, it just sits yeah. on the ground as you automatically walk off. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there. I mean, like, right. like a double dragon, like it, you would have it, and it would just disappear from your hand. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, you lost it in the in the cutscene. Yeah, know? yeah. Restroom break, and you left it sitting by the toilet. So. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. So, <laughs> all right, another thing. There is a generous. Like invincibility. So you know, like when you die in a beat 'em up, normally you, if you you die, you get like a when you respawn, you get like an invincibility for a few seconds. Yeah, like your character's flashing and yeah, you, yeah, you, and you can't, you can't get, get hit, hit but you so, can still attack the enemies. Right. Well, in this game, if you get knocked down, like just hit. If you get knocked down and you land on the ground, once you get up, you have a solid at least three seconds of invincibility. Like oh, nice. the second you get knocked down, like so, if you get surrounded by people and they knock you down, they better watch out because you're going to kill every one of them before you stop blinking. And so it's like nice. at least three seconds. It might be five seconds. I don't know. It, it was forever. And so I like that. I like that. I like it that you can uh, you take a hit and you get up f- swinging, man. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. Normally you, you get in one of those situations, you got people on both sides of you, then you, you end up dying because you can't really get out of that situation. Yeah, you but get there. cheesed into a corner. Yeah, yeah. This uh, You don't have that problem in this game. And then also they introduced Ground to Pound. Um, now, I know other games have this where you can crouch down an enemy and turn their face into ground meat, you know, where mm-hmm. you can, like, crouch down and just start wailing on them. So you could do that in this game, and that's not revolutionary by any stretch. But more importantly, when you do this, unless the enemy is almost defeated, like unless they only need like one more hit, they're going to shove you off. Yeah. And when they do, it counts as being knocked down, even oh. though it doesn't take off a single lick of, of health. So they shove you off of them, and all of a sudden, you're invincible for three to five seconds. Nice, nice. So again, I know a lot of people are coming here for gameplay tips, but... Uh, Use that on the bosses. Just try to, you know, you're not going to be able to sit on them and, and wail on them, yeah. but they're going to make you invincible for 30, three to five seconds. Works really good, you know, with people with guns. Yeah, oh, nice, yeah, nice. yeah. So just saying, just saying, just use your brain on that. And then uh, I thought that the uh, extra lives were very well spaced. So just when you kind of, because every once in a while you, you run in, there's like a few characters that it's really easy to die with that I'll cover in a second, but. Um, but you get an extra life, like I think it's every hundred thousand, and okay. it just comes right at the right time, and it bailed me out twice. So I really liked that, and I liked that. I liked how they spaced that out. Yeah. And then the last thing that you would really like about it is the retro, f- retro feel of this game. So like the second you turn it on, it goes into I don't know what it is, but there's like some kind of filter on it mm-hmm. that makes it look like you're. I mean, literally, it looks like you're playing on an old console. Nice. It is so cool. Nice. Like a lot of system, a lot of a lot of games try that mm-hmm. and it doesn't quite come off. This one I think's done it, did it better than any of those that I've ever seen where they tried to make it look like that. Except for and you know it's kind of like Amazing P, you know, tried to make it look like he was on a Game Boy or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, this one actually it feels like you're playing it on uh, like a an old 16 bit or even an 8 bit system. So nice. it's pretty cool. Yeah, and you you know instantly it's noticeable like. It literally, you can see the screen adjust into with this filter, and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then the music's pretty good too. So yeah, I, I like games that it, do that well. Like, I mean, oh, this one does it because really there are a lot well, of games so. out there that try to just slap that filter on there, and and it's just yeah. like, eh, all right, whatever. Kinda, but games right. that do that well and really kind of take you back that nostalgic feeling is really it's really fun. Oh, you'd love this one then, mm-hmm. because it, I mean, it is, it is it's really well done. I'll have to uh, check it out. Yeah, uh, I checked out Thunder Flash after our last episode, so I'm gonna have to check out yeah? this one too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what'd you think of that one? Oh, it was great. I was, it was just exactly like you said. You're just going through, <laughs> and it's you know, just shoot him up, just kill everybody yeah. on the screen. Let's go. <laughs> there you go, and no, no, no penalty for dying. You just yeah. start right yeah. back up. That was so. great. Yeah, the, the, a couple weird jetpack levels, but you know, <laughs> yeah, what, what, yeah. what can you do, right? So, <laughs> so all right, so I, I got to throw some dirt a little bit. So, what did it do worse? I, I I try to give a fair review here. So, what it did worse is that this whole game is built around eight dragons or heroes, right? So that's that's kind of the whole premise of it. Yeah. So you know, given that that's how it's built, it seems like one would try to make each of them distinctly different right mm-hmm. like each one each character has their own little thing yeah no 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 that's that that's not done at all They're like the only difference i could tell like is that some characters have much less health so instead of having 
you know, 12 bars of health, you have like four. And those are the characters that have the highest ratio to beat the game with. Uh, surprise, surprise, because you can only take like two hits per, you know, before you yeah, die. Yeah. And so it makes it a lot more challenging. I, I don't know exactly what they were going with on that. And uh, I, I don't know, but I almost lost with the one character that had really low, you know, health points. But now, uh, and I have no idea. Is if there any rhyme or reason to why they have low health, or is it just uh, in the selection menu? They have like you know, uh, it shows that like uh, there's three categories. It's like health, I guess, damage, and it doesn't really. I don't even know what the th- maybe speed. I don't. I'm not sure what the third. I don't. Mm-hmm. They don't explain what the categories are at all. It just when you're selecting, you see three little bars next to them, and so. I assumed like the the heart was the health, and yeah. I, I I couldn't really. I think there's like a, I forget what the icons are for the other two, but, um, but yeah, it's it, that's the only difference, and like they they do look different. They're not like twins or anything, like mm-hmm. uh you know Billy and Bobby or anything, but they they do look different. But they have basically all the same moves. They just I I, I mean, there's nothing really unique about them, and so also their their backstories and their motivation are just really unclear. There's no opening explanation of what this character's backstory is is yeah. like because there's only like two or three possible intros so either some big dude walks in and punches a woman in the in the, in the stomach and carries her off or they mur- i think there's one where they murdered someone where like there's a dead body lying there and then someone just walks off and then the last one is like someone ganks something someone like steals your gear or something and then runs off and so that's the only thing that's the only backstory that you yeah. have uh-huh. is that single little cutscene, and then the endings once you get through the playthrough the ending is basically a single picture that appears on the screen for approximately three to five seconds yeah and somehow that picture is supposed to wrap up everything there's no text that explains what just happened and a couple of them made sense like <laughs> like <laughs> it's got some really no sense whatsoever man like uh like for example the one there's one where the woman gets punched and carried off and then you beat the game and this one they actually went out all out I, it might have been the arcade mode i'm not really sure mm-hmm. because it was it was a little more depth than the other ones and um because I did the arcade one at some point, and I didn't really notice how that one ended. But the woman runs down to you, and then it shows, like, a the one picture is, like, a romantic embrace. So you figure out, like, okay, so someone stole your gal or something yeah. like that or, or something. I can fill in those dots. All right, so here's another one. So um, someone uh, steals something out of your bag, and then when you beat the last boss, nothing happens. You just stand there. Achievement pops, goes to a picture of a woman praying down by a river next to some memorial what? and that's it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So I don't, I'm not sure what they stole. Maybe they stole like an urn of ashes or something. I, I, I really was trying to figure that one out. I'm not really sure. Maybe she's uh, praying but, for all the people you killed just because they, yeah, they stole exactly. something from you. Right. Well, yeah, that's the other one is like another one. They stole something. The ones that were there stealing stuff don't make a whole lot of sense. And so they stole something out of, out of your, your backpack that looks like a laptop and then you go across town murder you know you're murderizing like 50 people yeah to get your your laptop back because at the the last screen it just shows somebody sitting there next to a a laptop and that's it like okay so i guess they stole your laptop or something now i really like my my laptop i have a surface three and you know but i'm not you know, someone took it. I don't think I'd go all across Memphis, you know, 
killing 50 people to get it back but murder spree yeah, we, yeah murder spree just to get my like, laptop i mean i'd be sad don't get me wrong yeah, but, yeah, yeah. all right but i mean i don't think it justifies murdering 50 people you know, yeah throwing exactly. them I mean, down into the pits of despair yeah now if they, the take, they take your car and kill your dog <laughs> you go john wick on them now oh nice nice yeah <laughs> yeah you're awesome no um so anyhow it's super retro it's awesome it's old school beat em up i so sorry that i talked about it for so long but i really oh, like no. this game <laughs> i i hope that everyone else gives it a chance because it, right now i think only uh <laughs> 40 people have played it and and um I gave it a five rating immediately, which brought it up to a three average. Nice, so nice. I, I think it's some tough critics out there. So I, after you play it, make sure you give it a five you rating. Can't, you can't it please everybody nowadays. That's for yeah, these kids. Yeah. It was a two rating when I got it. Oh, geez. So, yeah, yeah, I will definitely have to try this one out this week. Yeah. So anyhow, but anyway, that's, that's mine. So uh, that's what I brought to the table this week. Nice, nice. Well, um, I guess uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw mine out there now. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I actually chose a a game that in a genre that I don't typically play. Uh, I play, I mean, I play a lot of different things. We're all doing achievement stuff, but you know, more. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I like the big AAA games. I like the Assassin's Creeds, the Valhalla's, and the 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 Jedi Fallen Order and the Battlefront. I mean, I even enjoy a Call of Duty game every now and then. But um, this genre is the Vayner genre, and I mean it's not like I, I don't hate the Vayner genre. I just don't find myself drawn to it. Like I know a lot of people. I've played Ori. Um, I've played. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've actually played Castlevania and Metroid on the first on the Nintendo. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we can we visit that statement? <laughs> so you said I've actually played it. So you're saying all these people that are big component, you know, proponents of the Vayner <laughs> genre. That they're they're frauds. They have not actually played the classics. Well, yeah, we actually, yeah, we were actually had a, a there was a little bit of a discussion in Discord this week about how these people. I think it was me and L. Like I was like, these Uh-oh. people haven't even played what the they, what the what the genre is named after. And then Chewie came in and defended them. Like you can't you know you can't hurt people. You can't knock people for what they you know what they like and don't like just because it's named Metroidvania. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it, but you know. Scottish but yeah, like I've, I've played, you know, I'm sure you have too. I've played the original Castlevania, played the oh, God, original yeah, Metroid. I mean, I had, and Let me tell you, those 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 Medusa heads oh, gave me nightmares, man. Yes, and, yes. Or like, or what was the Ninja Gaiden? The first Ninja Gaiden, man. Oof. Brutal. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was I, a that's not a Metroid. It's more. It's a platformer. But I mean, it was brutal. Like they put those enemies there. They were trying to kill you. Like they, oh, and, uh, you know, and three let, continues, let two lives. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so. I saw. Uh, I, when I went down to PAX uh, a couple of years ago, the there's this one group called Bit Brigade that do uh, basically someone does a like a speed run through a game, a classic game, mm-hmm. while this metal band behind them oh, nice. uh, provides the music. Have you uh, yeah? If you've never seen them, look them up on YouTube. It's phenomenal. It's so awesome live. I mean, they're just jamming. Oh man, it's 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 so awesome. It's worth going to PAX just for that alone. And yeah, no, I would. Although I would they love although to they see do that. play other venues and stuff, so you can go watch them anytime, really. But yeah. I don't know if they're turned right now. But anyway, not, but. This dude, the the dude they got playing the game up there on stage, with, and it's like a big screen behind him. You know, that's that you can see with you know, the screen. And this dude is, uh, he's playing Castlevania, and I was so mad because he got to the page, he got to the part with the Medusa heads, and he like kind of paused for a second, and then he jumps, and he jumps right into the damn thing. <laughs> 
this floating Medusa head. And I'm like, I was like, what? And then it like knocked him up to the next level, which cut off like three minutes. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, and I'm like, are you son of a bitch? I, I couldn't believe he figured that yeah. out. And he did it again. Like the, he did the it twice thing? and he just flew through the stage oh, like man. in two minutes, like not even two minutes. I'm like, but, but uh, I know, I know, I know. I go back. I, I, I got into a a rabbit hole of just watching just just Castlevania speedruns and world mm. record holders and stuff, and like all the oh, stuff it's they stupid. Oh god, it is crazy. Yeah. And like when then when yeah. you fight Dracula at the end, you have to let him hit you and hope he materializes at this point because then that take that shaves off like one point three seconds, and they're like, oh my gosh, how do you uh, figure this stuff out? Jeez, like, yeah, it's 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 insane. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the so the <laughs> game I'm talking about today is actually another. It's a quite difficult Metroidvania, um, Vayner, as they're they're colloquially called here in our in our little corner of the I internet. Like to call them Castleroids. <laughs> well, I think it sounds yeah, right. Hollow Knight yeah. Voidheart Edition. Okay. Now, um, I really, I really, really enjoy this game. I haven't completed it. I I have actually beat it air quotes um i had to use a glitch to get invincibility but you know hey it, it allowed me to get some of the end game achievements so, you know i played as far as i could into the game let me i'm getting ahead of myself let me tell you a little bit about the game first so it's called hollow knight void heart edition and it is like the the traditional 2d side scroller game and um it's been been a while since i played it probably you know about a year i think last year i started i played maybe the last few achievements i got into it when i found that glitch but like it's uh it's set in this world where you play as um you're like a bug uh, a little there's like a lot of bugs and animals and stuff in the game there's mantises and whatnot and you have a little nail as your sword and you go through and um it's like the world is empty and you're trying to, you know, fill it with life and go go around. And there's, at some point in the end, things get infected. And it's very, it's it's also a very dark game. Like it's not it's not monochromatic. You know, there are it's it's colorful in in certain points, but it's a very overall uh, dark looking game. It's not, you know not dark per se as you know uh, violence and everything. Even though it is you know hack and slash Metroidvania, you're you're just killing everything but just dark looking the color color scheme is very dark i've said dark so many times i can't think of another word my thesaurus is broken <laughs> well you said you've said glitch at least twice i'm really curious what this glitch yeah, is yeah. Uh... so so um yeah so you, you play through it and it and, and the difficulty scale ramps up uh, i mean it, it's a nice it's a nice bell curve but you get you get to a point where you're like Wow, you know, and and it's one of these Metroidvanias where you kind of got to figure out what to actually do uh, with how to, to to get the true ending because there's several different endings uh, in this game, and to get the true ending, I think you actually be you you, f you face the light vessel, I think it's called, and you or you become the light vessel anyway. But you have this dude. The nail is your weapon, right? And then you get you upgrade it, and then there's a dream. There's also like a dream type mirror world that you have to go into also and fight different enemies and you can hit these enemies they have like little bubbles around them and you can use the dream nail on them and when you use the dream nail on them it goes to a different cut like cut screen and you fight them in like the dream world and the good thing about that is when you fight them in the dream world if you die in the dream world it doesn't you know it doesn't send you back 
you don't lose any progress. It just sends you back to when you go into the dream world. So, but like to get the true ending, you have to fight the last boss. And then at one point, um, one of the, one of the characters you meet along the way, she, you, you befriend her. I, they're kind of genderless characters, the, the, but I gave her a her gender. She just looks, seems like a her to me. She grabs the, <laughs> she grabs the end boss and you're supposed to use the dream nail on him. And then that takes you to a dream world and you fight like the light vessel. And that's how you, that's how you, uh, win the game. Like that's the true ending. If I remember correctly. So, but one, if I didn't follow the guide, I would never have figured that out on my own. <laughs> Two, if I didn't find the glitch to make you invincible, I never would have even got there to beat it. Because some of these ending enemies are just, it's almost like bullet hell situations where there's like three three spots on the screen you can be to be safe to even, <laughs> to even beat them. So, you know, my, you know, my old age, my reflexes aren't nearly as good enough. I don't have enough time to put into it to learn everything. So, you know, I, I, I got all maximum enjoyment out of, I, out of, I, I could until I found the glitch and I couldn't get further than this part. And I was like, okay, I'm going to use the glitch, got the glitch. So yeah. the, uh, yeah. So I'm looking at it and like the achievement distribution for this game. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, that, that, there's I mean, there's so many that things that are, t that are telling me like, that are like red flags that are telling me to run the other direction. So a, oh. we got the 60 to 80 hour completion. Mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. B, we got the, uh, well, just a ridiculous TA on it. Uh, yeah. It's, granted, it's, it's what, 63 pass. achievements. It's worth 1000 gamer score, 4,421 TA. Yeah. I mean, that's not ridiculous, yeah. but it's definitely more than I'm going to play when I'm not in a certain yeah. contest. And, uh, yeah. and then, then I look at the achievement distribution and it looks like a really terrible, uh, roller coaster ride in the sense that you shoot up to the moon, then you fall down and then it's just mm -hmm. a smooth sailing from there. So it looks like, yeah. uh, I would say probably at least 30,000 of the, at least 30,000 of the 40,000 people that have started this game haven't even got like more than five achievements yeah. i would say well i have i have actually 55 achievements for uh 755 gamer score at 2661 ta right and but i have so, i have a lot of friends in this game and like everyone like uh known you know, Castleroid enthusiast rocker dude has five points in this game. Koosh, <laughs> uh, another known uh, uh, you know Castleroid fanatic, has forty two points. So yeah, the only uh, on my list, I have I have thirty people on my friends list that have it. The only <laughs> two people above me are uh, Skeptical Mario, who has it completed, which is amazing, yep. and Ben L seventy two. With I know they're both in our yep. Discord, and they both have it completed. And and then I'm sitting at 2662. So, yeah. and then I'll get into it when I when I talk about what's what I don't like about this game. I'll definitely get into some of these achievements that I don't have because there okay, okay. there are some very uh, I want to say uh, mortal sins. I like to call them when you're getting for achievements. Oh, but I mean, it also. Oh kinda... man, we're gonna do a little impromptu uh, one one list, two list, bad uh, <laughs> list. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I I generally like the list. Like I look at the achievements I'm, I've huh? won, and I'm like, you know, and a lot of them are very doable and very, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's gonna take you're right sixty to eighty hours to do it. But it, some of it, you're just like, oh, like if I hadn't had a guide, there's no way I would have figured this out. Like I didn't. <laughs> know what i would have had to do for this one you know right. so but using the guy i mean the guy the guide on ta is great for it. it 
has a map, tells you where to go, you read along, you go do it, you know, and I followed the guide to as far as I wanted to get. Then I found the glitch, and I was like, all right, I don't need the guide anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to go kill it. <laughs> so um, uh, the game I'm going to compare this to, we kind of already talked about, um, actually Metroid. The, the first oh, Metroid I've heard of that on the NES. Because <laughs> uh, I remember when I was playing that, I got to a point where I, I couldn't beat it. You know, I you would go beat the uh -huh. two. You have, um, if you haven't played the first Metroid... Spoiler alert. Anyway, uh, if you haven't played the first Metroid, it's you, you go and there's two like mini bosses you have to defeat before you go in to defeat um, the Mother Brain Metroid, whatever. Um, but you can get different upgrades, missiles, health packs, different weapons to shoot, and you're, you know you don't start off with being able to go into a ball. And uh, anyway, there's a lot. You know, it's, it's why where the genre comes from. Metroidvania. You're getting upgrades. You're, you're backtracking. You're going to different tunnels, side side quests, and stuff like that. I could the, uh... never beat that game. As much as I played it, I could never beat that game. Until, but Metroid has some very famous cheat codes. Do you remember any of the cheat codes from Metroid? Did you ever play Metroid? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just remember, um, you know, you'd use the roll. Mm -hmm. You know, you roll into a little ball, mm -hmm. and then you could, like, blow yourself up until you could go as high as you wanted to go kind of a thing. Yep, yep. Uh, but I don't remember the actual cheat codes. Yeah, because you, you could what use... Because it would—it was one of these games where you know the the games before you had save slots and memory cards and whatnot. They would give you passwords. You know, you got so far in a game, it would give you like a oh, that's right, a yeah. sixteen-digit, uh, you know, it wasn't hexadecimal or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure it was hexadecimal, but it would give you just a sixteen-digit words of you know just random, random yeah. letters and words and symbols, and that was your password, and it would save where you were, and you would have all your upgrades and whatever you got to that point. Metroid had some, I mean, I don't want to say if they're very famous, but like most people that I know that played Metroid know these passwords, or at least this one. And uh, Justin Bailey. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I do remember yeah. that. You, yeah. You put in Justin Bailey, and right. I, I don't know if it was like the name of the son of the developer or something. I mean, that's what we always like thought it was when we were growing up. But you put in Justin Bailey, and like you leave the second line blank, and it actually gives you. You start with 255 missiles, which is like the maximum amount of missiles you need for the game. And then you also play without the Samus suit. So you get to see like the whole Samus and her bikini deal. <laughs> and so that was like, oh, sweet. I'll just put in Justin Bailey. And you have, you're, you're already, if I remember correctly, you also already have the, the ball upgrade and you have bombs. So you already have the upgrade and you can just go and kill the last boss and, and beat mm -hmm. the game. Mother brain. Yeah, and so that was that was the only way I could beat the game. I could never play it from start to finish, and, and beat the game the, the the correct way, the way it was. At. I I only ever mm -hmm. beat it putting in different um, codes. I know there was another one that was like, um, look, I'm actually looking it up here, and I didn't realize, actually didn't realize this, but it was the uh, you put in nine 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 k k k k k k k, and it actually made mm -hmm. the game harder, which I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And um, hmm. what else? What else did we use? All A's. That's right. We used all A's. You start with the wave beam. I remember the wave beam. Hmm. But yeah. Hmm. So, but Justin Bailey was the big code that that we used to. I used to beat it, and that just reminded me of the Hollow Knight with with the glitch to become invincible. Like, because I, I couldn't. There's no way at any point in time that I would have. I would be able to defeat the the real so. boss in Hollow Knight. 
<laughs> much so at this point at this point you've said the glitch six times yes, i think yes so the listeners are wanting to know are you going so, to leave them hanging so this or are you going to is, uh... okay you have to <laughs> <laughs> you have to that would be really cruel I'm, I'm actually hoping that you don't and just say well <laughs> well there's a glitch just <laughs> just know it's it's um it kind of that actually kind of reminds me of the uh, gato Roboto glitch because it's something and it's not it's not nearly oh, as difficult as getting wait the... wait 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 there's a glitch in that game. Yeah, yeah. That that one, it's you become like you get in like the mini suit. Like there's a mini mech and allows you to go places with the mech that you couldn't normally go. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Does that help you with like the uh, the two hard achievements in that game? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's I, all. That's uh, if you look at the if you look at the um, like the speed oh, run on it done in like me. twenty minutes. The per, the person does that glitch and it gives you the mini mech. And, Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Oh, yeah. I have. But the thing is, like, I could never get that. Like, once I finally learned how to do the glitch, like, I was already forty-five minutes into the game when I could do it reliably. So I'm like, I should have just played it from the beginning normally. Yeah. But um, yeah. It, it, so it's it's kind of like that. But so you have to actually play through the game until you get an upgrade power. You can like, you know, how in Guacamelee, you get the power and you can fly through different screens. You charge up on the wall and then you jump oh, and you yeah, fly yeah, straight yeah. across. It's similar to that. This is very similar. has a similar power like that. You, you, you charge up, you grab the wall, you charge up your power and you jump and you fly straight across or you, mm-hmm. you charge up your sword on the ground and you jump up and, you know, ground bash the ground. There's a lot of similarities between some of the powers with Guacamelee and this. Well, there's one, uh, what you do is you charge up your power, and then as soon as you let go, you swing your sword or something, and it enters you. You know, it's it's not quite as perfect. You don't have to get it quite as perfect as the Gato Roboto glitch because it's very forgiving. And then it does something to where I, I don't. It, I'm not a computer guy with with video games, but it does something to where you're you're in between screens, so you're not on like the first layer of the game, I guess. When it was described, okay. when I was reading the description, so you can still be like walking around on the outside of the of the stages. Kind of, yeah. You can fall into the you, you can jump into the pits it... and you don't fall into the pits. Like you're still in the pit and you can jump out of the pits and stuff. Oh, like that. okay. So, I was thinking kind of like uh, uh, L in the temple mm-hmm, where you're mm-hmm. like walking around on the outside of the, of the actual. Yeah, no, no. You, can, you don't. Yeah, you don't ever. It's not game quite game breaking like that, but you can. Okay. Like you can still hit the enemies. You can you the pits don't kill you. You can fall into pits and whatnot. Spikes you can walk on. Nothing will damage you. But it also you can't use one or two of your powers. Like you can't use I think the dream nail. Like it disables a couple powers for you because of the nature of the glitch. I guess. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop you from. You could still. You know I use the glitch and I I beat the game. I beat the the you know I got the best ending in the game. I got everything that you know I I could get with the glitch. So I got the embrace embrace the void achievement, which is a seven point nine nine ratio. Um, achieve one hundred. The pure completion is a six point one eight ratio. So you know, and you go on TA and you read some of the solutions, and this is the, you know the top solution for a lot of these achievements. And then you have people complaining like, oh, you know, the purest versus the you know, it's like almost like console commands versus actually playing the game. <laughs> you, have, you have the purist versus the non-purist, and you're like, well, no. Like, it's, you know, play the game how you want to play the game. I got as much enjoyment as I could, and I couldn't get any further. So, yeah, I cheated. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> My bad. So, um, yeah, let me let me get to what I think the game did well and what the game did not do well. Okay. 
One, I think the, the the setting of the game is just amazing. I mean, it's very it's it's very it's very deep. There's no there's no voice acting. It's all it's all reading. So you don't there's no voice acting. There's no and there's not even any kind of like uh, you know like the Civilization Revolution. They have like the wah 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 for the voices. There's mm. none of that. So it's all just text reading and text based stuff. But the story and the world is so deep. And it was actually a Kickstarter, I think, in 2017 was what I was reading earlier. It was launched on Kickstarter. Yep. And, um, it's, it's by, published and developed by Team Cherry, if you're familiar with them. I, I'm not. I think this is their only game. But it's, it's, uh, the, the setting and the, the, the world, the world is just so rich and there's so much in it. And, you know, the, the map is big, but then once you, once you discover everything on the map, you're still going, you're going back and forth across the map doing different quests and side quests and whatnot going for these these different achievements and, and then that's i mean that's really my favorite part of the game is how how the world is built and how there's so much depth and so much story in this world with the characters you meet and and everything going on and and it's just so it's just it's i mean comparable to or i mean i think it's i think it's a better vayner than ori is honestly and i know i'm going to get some heat from that but I just really enjoy Hollow Knight, and, I th- and I've played both Ori's. I think it's a better Vayner than that. Um, something else it does right is the controls are tight. Uh, I think the controls are tighter than than Ori. You know, you press a button, it does what you you know what you what you tell it to do. It, it's very tight. It's very, you know, if you mess up, it's your fault, kind of thing. And it's a game where it ha- the controls have to be tight because you're fighting these these really difficult bosses. There's difficult platforming sections along with kind of like certain, like I said, bullet hell type bosses where there's only two or three parts of the screen that are safe to be on when you're fighting them. So, it, it, I mean, it plays well. The, the environment is rich and it's just a very all-around great game. Now, like you said, you have to be fair. It does do some things with the achievements that I really don't like. But, you know, I'm sure other people wouldn't care. So, uh, I, I believe I know your, your stance on this, Elroy, but what is your stance on speedrun achievements? Oh, then go to hell. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. So, this game, not so, this oh, game. Oh, they piss me off. Yeah, this game doesn't have one speedrun achievement. This game doesn't have two speedrun achievements. This game has okay. three speedrun achievements. Oh, no. So, that ain't happening. So, one of them is achieve 100% completion and finish the game in under 20 hours. Okay, well, that's not bad. Then the second speedrun achievement is complete the game in under 10 hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the third speedrun achievement is complete the game in under 5 hours. So, <laughs> like... Is that stackable? They are, they that... do they do stack, yes. Um, now, I don't know if it's possible to get... Uh, to get the five hour and a hundred percent game completion. I'm not sure about that, but I, I do know the, the, Oh, well, I don't know. Actually, I'm looking at, I am looking at, I mean, I would assume it's stackable. There's not, there's not a stackable flag on there, but I would assume if you get it under five hours, you would also get the 10 hour one. So yeah, I don't, I mean, there's not a stackable, like it's not a, you know, if you do a difficulty, there's a stackable flag on the achievement on TA. I don't see the stackable flag on those, but I'm sure I'm sure they have to be. But yeah, so there's there's three speedrun achievements in this, and it's like, oh, really, really, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so that's that's one, you know, and like a speedrun achievement is not really a, a it's not a mortal sin, but like I don't have I don't have um, 
all the achievements in Braid because of the, the speedrun achievement. That's the only one I need. The the, de- yeah. the defeat it beat it in under forty five minutes, right? So, and then also there is a Steel Soul mode, so it's like a hardcore uh, permadeath situation, and mm-hmm. that's another uh, achievement that you need to complete the game. I think it's called S- Steel Heart. Achieve one hundred percent game completion and finish the game in Steel Soul mode. And Steel Soul is you die once, you you're dead. You're done. And uh, can you uh, can you uh, de- uh, dashboard that? Is that pretty? Uh, uh... I'm, I'm sure you could, but it's also because the game's so tight and quick. You you, you don't oh. have that. You have to be very quick on dashboarding it. So, oh, there's, so there's just a whole lot to not like about this. Yeah, game. yeah. But if you're invincible, though, that's not an issue. Yeah, though, right? that's the thing. You get to that point where you can get the invincible achievement. But the thing is, you don't. You can't get that invincible achievement right off the bat. You have to play probably about forty to fifty percent through the game to get that, I believe. Huh. So, but so you know, you got to put a little bit of time in before you can actually get because you have to be able to upgrade your your sword and power it up, and you don't actually start off like that. So, but uh, I mean, I would recommend this game. It's only fifteen dollars, uh, but definitely not for you know if you're not a hardcore Vayner uh, and not completionist. It says it's on Game Pass too. Is, is it on Game Pass? I know it was on yeah. Game Pass. It's still got the little green uh, sticker up in the corner. Oh of it. yeah, oh yeah, it does. Oh maybe maybe I can maybe I should go back to it and try to beat it. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, use use that invincibility to get that. Right? Last yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and there's yeah, and there's there's definitely there's some rooms where like they're like horde wave type boss rooms where you fight. There's one you like ascend the pantheon and defeat all the you know defeat all the bosses in one run through. So it's like a boss wave type horde mode. Yeah, I definitely had to use the glitch for that. Like, there's no way I'm going to beat all the bosses <laughs> at once. Hey, back man. To back. <laughs> like, I've, like I've always said, there's, you know, you don't get an asterisk for trying, right? You you get the pop just like somebody that yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. spent hours on end trying to study all of the. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Don't be a hero, man. Just get your achievement and keep moving. Mm-hmm. No, and, but it's, I mean, even with, I, I still got a lot of fun out of this game. Even with playing the glitch and getting those last those last achievements, that's cool, man. Well, and it really made you think back to Metroid days. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, God, I remember just so, like, just not just not being able to beat it without putting that Justin Bailey. Because I think if you put in Justin Bailey, you you only had to defeat Mother Brain. You didn't have to go fight the two other mini bosses. Yeah, I just remember uh, the old uh, Super Mario Brothers cartoon <laughs> and how Mother Brain was just this. I, I never really understood that character, but it was, I don't know. It, it wasn't, there's something about that character that just didn't make sense to me. I don't know. It didn't sound the way I thought it would sound or something. Mm-hmm. It sounded like an angry grandmother or something <laughs> like that. I, I don't know. Just, just, yeah. I guess it was mother brain, but I, I didn't think it was grandmother brain. Right. I, I don't know. It just, it didn't, it didn't quite work for me, but. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and, and I believe Metroid was also one of the first games like, you killed the brain, but then you also had to escape. Like just because you killed the brain, you didn't you didn't beat it. Have you have you been defeated Metroid? Have you beat Metroid? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you have to get get back to the surface. Yeah, like, in a, like a timer time. pops yeah. up, and you're like, oh shoot, I can't right. celebrate now. I gotta go. <laughs> and then then you the 
you know, you get to the surface and then you step into something and then that's when she takes the helmet off mm-hmm. for the first time. You're like, oh, man, it's a chick. Yeah, that was kind of big. Oh, that was day. huge. Like, you didn't know. Yeah, it was like, oh, my God, I thought it was a dude. Yeah. yeah. It's a chick. Yeah. And so there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, yeah, I was, like, I mean, I loved, like I said, Castlevania. Simon's Quest, though, again, like, Simon's Quest is my favorite Castlevania. Castlevania 2. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, what's the, what's the, what's the cut, or what does it say? What a horrible night to have a curse or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, What a dreadful night to have a curse or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so, that's so wrong, man. You'd be like so close, and then like, all of a sudden it would drop, and you're like, no! Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, Castlevania, I know, I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not, but yeah, Castlevania 2 is my favorite NES Castlevania. Because I know Castlevania 3 was the first appearance, I think, of Alucard. I, I don't know. Which, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I even played three. I'm not, to be honest, I'm, I don't remember. I don't remember thinking about it. Yeah, uh-huh. Alucard, I think, yeah, I think in, I think in Castlevania three, you could actually switch, switch characters. Like, you didn't have to play oh, as, okay. as the, the main guy. I don't know if it was Simon Belmont or if you played as Alucard in that one. But yeah, yeah. You, could, you could switch characters should, in that hey, one, I believe. Yeah. If I remember, if I remember correctly, my, if my memory yeah, serves. You didn't get, you didn't get, you did not get eight characters. No, 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 no. Only no, really no. good games get eight. No, so. not eight characters at all. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's what, and I know, um, yeah. So, I am just two forty-five huh. shy of getting the completion on this one. Eight achievements, two forty-five shy. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. Hey man, still in Go Game Pass. It. I'll make it back to it. Well. If you don't, you're still way ahead of all these other people that are are these uh, uh, Castle Roy frauds, as you say. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, the Castle. Speaking the, of the which, Castle make sure to send Freaky all kinds of uh, messages about the. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I am. I'm on Instagram at elroy.omj. And <laughs> Oh man! Well, hey man, I appreciate you uh, putting up with my somewhat uh, gravelly voice today. Uh, I'm glad that I was able to get this done. It was great. Yeah. So, not. I think we uh, had two solid selections again. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I know we were messaged about this. Did you want to go and uh, choose an achievement and then choose something that it reminded us of? Um, I don't know. We're we're kind of going long. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll introduce that feature next week. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, so I, th- I think we should probably wrap this up. So if you have any suggestions for us, I don't know. You know where to find us, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I guess uh, we'll catch you next yeah. time. So. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the, the next game for you, for me. For me, for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, the game I'm going to choose next. Tease. I like yeah. it. All right. So by the time we talk next time, we'll be even older. So there you That's go. right. Remember, every every picture of you when you're younger <laughs> – you're younger, right? So, yeah. I, yeah, I'm the oldest I've ever been right now. Uh, exactly. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you. Pre- Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. The knights are back in town with their swords, with their horses, and their. Bazooka? Night Squad 2. Hello, I'm Walker Pale, 
and I, as many others, rushed to complete Shane's awesome games after charge before its servers closed. Aftershards was in Game Pass back in the day, but the six-player asymmetric multiplayer game never truly took off. Along with the announcement of the server closure, Shane saw some games also delisted the game, believing no one wanted to buy it if the game would be dead within a month. They did not take achievement hunters into account when doing so. Once they were informed that some players wanted to complete the game before the server closure, many of whom didn't have access to the game any longer as they played it in Game Pass, Shane's Awesome Games started handing out free game keys for anyone who wanted them. They quickly ran out of keys, but they even asked Microsoft for more to distribute before the game shut down. Shane's Awesome Games made an honest mistake delisting the game without notice, but they went above and beyond to make it up for those who felt they missed their shot at completing aftershards. Many achievement hunters were familiar with their previous Xbox game, Night Squad, which was Games with Gold back in November of 2015. Night Squad is an enjoyable single-screen 8-player party game, which achievement-wise do not outstay its welcome, with a completion time around 2-3 hours. Most of its achievements are tied to its challenge mode, offering a fun, action-packed evening or two. Since I've never directly paid for Night Squad or Aftercharge, and Shane's Awesome Games being so awesome about Aftercharge, I decided to purchase their newest release, Night Squad 2, at its full price of $15. After having played it, I can say that under the circumstances, I do not regret paying full price for it, but unfortunately the game is not for me. Night Squad 2 is a multiplayer only, single screen party game for 8 players. You can play alone with bots, but I find that option pretty unexciting. It features 13 different modes with tons of customization options, the only obvious option missing is setting the number of bots, which is an all or nothing toggle. Night Squad 2 has a very easy achievement list, especially if you have a second player or controller helping you unlock them. The bots do their best to mess up your game, as they should, and even the easiest bots, while not very challenging on their own, can easily overwhelm you as there are 7 of them. As mentioned, I found no option to change the number of bots, just disable them, if you had 2 or more human players or controllers. I tried unlocking all the achievements against bots and was mostly successful even though it would have been easier and faster just using a second controller plugged in, allowing you to easily fulfill the achievement requirements. The only two achievements I found too annoying with bots was the Soul Reaper achievement for depositing 20 souls of fallen enemies in one go and the Cowardly Goal which required you to freeze your enemies while scoring a goal in the soccer mode. With bots, the blue shell achievement for killing the leader while you're in last place in the game's race mode sounded difficult, but you can just uh, let the bots lap you and hit the leader in the face as it's about to pass you. The achievement list would be doable in less than an hour if it wasn't for two grindy achievements. Killing 2500 knights is best done against bots in the Juggernaut mode. Once you're good at it, you can get around 300 kills in 5 minutes, but will probably average around 200 kills, including match setup and load screens. It'll take a bit over an hour to grind out all the kills. There's also an achievement for destroying 2500 blocks, 
which is easiest to do on the forest map, as the blocks regrow and you won't have to restart the game every time you run out of destructible blocks. If you're just going for the achievements, you're unlikely to get much progress with kills and blocks before you dedicate time for them. One thing to keep in mind is that you need 1000 kills with one of the 16 playable knights to unlock the swordsmith achievement. Knight Squad 2 has 17 achievements worth 1000 game score and almost 1600 TA, which surprised me as it is a very easy completion in 2 to 3 hours. This is probably because many players of the close to 600 who have played the game on TA play the game for fun and not focusing on the achievements. Night Squad 2 is a fun, very polished, fast-paced single-screen party game, offering both online and offline multiplayer. I can see it being very fun to play with friends and family, unfortunately I'm not in a position to do so at the moment. $15 is a fair asking price for Night Squad 2, but if you're in a similar situation as me, the lack of proper single player makes the achievement list the only motivator to play the game. The achievements are quick and easy and offers an enjoyable hour or two if played for achievements, but Night Squad 2 is much better if you play it as intended, with a bunch of friends hacking, slashing and stabbing each other over and over again. Given Shane's Awesome Games' previous games being offered as Games with Gold and in Game Pass, I really hope Night Squad 2 will as well. Have a nice day everyone, 